Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you would like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. All right, so 800-259-9231. Of course, you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features there are completely free. Uh, Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their websites, go and enjoy ours on the house at freetalklive.com. Now, in the past on this program, we've uh, given examples of just the continuous reach into the lives of everyone by the government. Last night we were talking about, I actually talked to the guy from Delaware, the uh, couple that had their basketball hoop stolen from them by the Delaware Department of Transportation. And just kind of all these piddly examples of how it is that the government is just micromanaging every little aspect of our lives. Your lawn is too high uh, or, you know, your lawn is too brown or you can't sell that lemonade, little girl, or you can't sell those Girl Scout cookies or so on and so forth. There's just no end to the amount of intrusiveness that these people will will push upon us. And, of course, it also seems that there's no end to the amount of obedience uh, on the part of Americans as far as... Got to be patriotic. Well, as far as them being told what the supposed laws or statutes are and then just having them jump through the hoops. I mean, some of them will gripe about it and complain, but they don't really know what else they can do. Well, and and a lot of people just simply want to be um, good citizens and obey Mm -hmm. the law without even considering what it is that they're being told to do. Right. And one of the other things that we're seeing in this kind of trend of intrusiveness is that they're picking on kids more often. We've talked about how in uh, Texas and New Jersey, at the very least, that's where we've heard about this may be going on in more places. But we know statewide in Texas, the school system, the uh, teachers and the administrators there are making a habit of calling the police on the students for the most piddly of things, things that everybody has, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have done as they were growing up and going to these awful government schools. You know, like hazing and things like that? I don't know about hazing, but you know, mooning somebody out the back of the bus, maybe being, <laughs> being disruptive in class, uh, just doing things that kids do yeah giving right. they're, they're giving misdemeanor charges for these things as right. opposed to you know the school handling discipline having to erase the chalkboard correct or picking up trash around campus right. or whatever the whatever the punishment might have been when we were in school it's wow. now you get arrested you get a, a summons essentially a a, t- a ticket a class c misdemeanor as mark pointed out i believe it was class c so it's a lower level misdemeanor but it's a misdemeanor non- nonetheless and if mommy and daddy don't pay the fine for their little 13-year-old or, or 6-year-old. They're going all the way down to as, as low as, you know, kindergarten. I mean, they're literally mm. arresting kids in elementary school. So if mommy and daddy don't pay the fine, part of the uh, the rest of the, the detail on the story was that, well, when uh, the young person turns 17, I guess, they'll be threatened in that if they don't pay the fine, then it's, I think it was when they were turning 18 that they would be arrested and oh they would be goodness. jailed oh my goodness. at that point. So this is happening to thousands of kids in Texas. This isn't just, you know, here and there once a week. We've or seen stories like outside of Texas where they've been using the law, not nearly as much as Texas, but um, they've been using the, the law on, um, you know, kids in school for for activities that would have been would have been considered disciplinary mm-hmm. stuff that was handled by the administration of the school a decade ago. Absolutely. Someone needs to get on board with those parents and have them, you know, collectively decide to go to court on everything. Because what happens is if students are absent, 
the the uh, school system is not paid for that student I've for the day. I've heard about that, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I would think that that'd be an opportunity to, like, spin the school system right on its head, you know? And plus, it's a great civics lesson for your uh, 13-year-old if, uh, you know, they acted up in class and now we have to go through the court system. And it lets them know just uh, how unfeeling and mechanical all of this uh, government stuff is. Well, speaking of the court system, I actually was talking to a girlfriend of mine, Carrie Anna, that I went to college with, and and she uh, cued me to this film, Unfit, that is directed by this woman by the name of uh, Patricia Folkorod. I'm not sure that I pronounced her name correctly, but in any event, uh, she's a, a, an award-winning filmmaker and did... Uh, the Ground Truth, which was an anti-war Iraq documentary back in 2006 where it was featured at Sundance. And this film, Unfit, this documentary is about the uh, just the tragic story of what's happened in the United States with kids who are being tried as adults. I had no idea that it was... Uh, that it was this many, but I guess 200,000 kids were try have been tried as adults, mm. um, even though they're minors in adult court. And some of them are getting life without parole as juveniles. Well, they're not juveniles if they've been tried as adults, right? They've they, been they've been reclassified as adults. As an adult. So mm-hmm. that, you know, at that point, they've you know they've they've turned them. Um, although they're they're a juvenile in real life, in legal land, they're an adult. I guess is the way to to say it. Well, what they're calling it is um, they're calling it juvenile. Uh, life without parole. So that's, I'm not really sure. I mean, she'll... It probably changes for different states. Yeah, it'd be great if she, maybe she's going to call in this evening and and she'll be able to clarify that for us. But um, but I just, in watching the trailer, it's just so heartbreaking to see how the state has systematically undermined the authority of parents and, Mm. and, you know takes that out of our the hands puts it into the hands of teachers and and um the school system and then takes it back out of their hands and now they're going to court over something I'm, like mooning someone <laughs> i've got to say that um you know I, this actually happened to me i was uh, adjudicated as an adult um, when i was a juvenile and the intent was is you know it was a pretty serious crime and the uh, I guess the concern that some people have is, and, and you know, you've, you've heard it said, well, if a, a juvenile commits an adult crime, then they should be tried as an adult. But it's a nonsensical statement. A juvenile can't commit a, an adult crime any more than an adult com- can commit a juvenile crime. So if I go out and spray paint my name on the side of the wall as a 40-year-old guy, am I going to get sentenced as a juvenile? No, it's stupid. It's a legal description. That's all it is. Juvenile means anybody under the age of 18, which is an arbitrary age selected by the government. And what I'd like to see is at least some consistency. I mean, obviously, I want to get the government out. Consistency would be great. I want to get the government out of our lives, um, and that that would be really nice. But in the meantime, can they make up their minds, please? Either young people under the age of 18 can make choices for themselves, or they cannot. Isn't that kind of the idea? Like, on one hand, they say that if you're 17 years old, you can't consent to have Having sex with somebody who's 21 (laughs) or consent Uh, to having an alcoholic beverage. Right. But yet at the same time, you expect us to we're we're supposed to believe that also that same 17 year old can fully be tried as a cognizant adult Mm. if he or she robs a a convenience store or, you know, does something else that's horrifically bad. So so which is it? Can teenagers and young people actually make decisions and be responsible for their actions or are they just these, you know, mindless uh, people that uh, young little people yeah. who just they Children cannot and adults make choices. Bo- adult bodies. 
This is what I've been told is that, you know, I couldn't make certain choices that I did make when I was uh, a very young, young, young man, like, like around age 10 or 11. I was told that I couldn't make choices. I could not consent to things uh, at that age. So, but if I had robbed a convenience store, I would have been maybe tried as an adult. As you're saying, they're trying more and more young people as adults. And that's kind of what you're pointing out is it's become a real epidemic. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, these kids... Can you imagine if you've been in the system since you were, you know, eight or nine in foster care or something like that, and then, you know, you misbehave in foster care, and so they don't want you, so you go to juvie, and then you get, you learn all kinds of good tricks, and then you go um, on to, you know, bigger and and better. And I mean, these are not, a lot of these kids are not great model kids oh yeah i mean they're not in in a lot of cases they're not getting charged with these crimes because they're they're the they're the kind of kid that you want your kid to hang out with right um but imagine children as young as eight years old being institutionalized from then on out and really when in fact in a lot of these situations they were actually the victim I'll tell you, um, they the the the, the, the state is the, not capable of handling the situation either. Um, as I said, I got in trouble. I spent some time in prison, and while I was in prison serving a 25 year sentence, one of these kids, uh, actually two in two occasions, a 12 year old showed up, and one of them had a life sentence. I mean. You know, how should this be handled? one 259 Should young people be as responsible as adults? And how does the system hold people so-called responsible? I think we need to take a look at that as well. This is Free Talk Live and your thoughts are well. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there for free. We've got all kinds of stuff. The mobile site is there for you. You can go to m.freetalklive.com to get a quick access to our live streams as well as our podcast. M is in mobile.freetalklive.com. Do you want freedom? Build freedom. Do you have programming skills? Join the Freedom Engineering team and help develop the technology that enables spontaneous order and free market capitalism to erupt on Earth. Mobile app developers and database experts wanted immediately. Share an ownership, create stuff that matters. Go to freedomengineering.org. It's time to build freedom. Freedomengineering.org. All right, so uh, we continue here. We're talking about young people and specifically people under the age of 18 who would in the legal system be called juveniles and how it is that, uh, Michelle, according to a new film that I guess, has it been released? Unfit. Actually, they're doing um, the last round of fundraising. I see. And... um so a film coming out soon uh, called Unreleased, that, or excuse me, Unfit rather, that an is. unreleased film <laughs> that is uh, so called Unfit. They're talking about uh, young kids and how often the government is going after them these days. They're just more often than they ever used to. 
uh, they're doing it. And it, it's becoming an epidemic. They're charging these juveniles as so-called adults. And with and remember, there's the three strikes law, you know, so possibly you is can, that in all states. I'm pretty sure that's California. California. Right. And that's where she is. I see. So, you know, you can steal a pack of cigarettes and steal a skateboard and then get into a fist fight with someone and go to jail for the rest of your life. Right. That's not good. <laughs> no. And really the biggest problem here, because I think that people should be responsible for their actions. And I think that just because somebody is 16 doesn't mean they're less responsible than somebody who is 18. Because I think young people can make choices. And so when you make a choice, you do need to be responsible for whatever the consequences are. However, the idea that the government system is holding kids responsible is just completely fallacious. It's just punitive. And it's just punishing people. As well as there's no remedy provided to the victim. That's my point. That's one of the biggest problems with the government, uh, the government so-called justice system is whether we're talking about juvenile case or an adult case, almost all the time. If there's actually a victim involved, if some property has been destroyed, if somebody has been harmed, their person, their body has been harmed in some way. These people rarely get restitution. They yeah. rarely are in any way attempted to be made whole. That, that is rarely the order on the court's part. It's, it's not, not even it a priority, happen. though. I mean, yeah. it doesn't even seem to be part of the agenda, but rather just simply punishing uh, whoever perpetrated this so-called crime, which, you know, we claim that unless there's a victim, there isn't a crime. So. Well, and the fact is that punishment mentality just doesn't pan out it doesn't have the deterrent effect Mm -hmm. that people who support it would like to believe that it has a real way to deter crimes from happening is by requiring restitution for those who commit them in that if you do some property damage or you harm another human being then it's your responsibility as the aggressor in that case to make that person whole Mm -hmm. and if a person who's doing crime knows that when they get caught they'll have to make their victims whole that can be a real deterrent because then it makes it so crime doesn't pay anymore. Because in many cases, crime absolutely can pay and it can pay very well. Well, you know, I think that I think that generally crime does not pay. I think that there's a big payoff for people who don't get caught. But that's true in either one of these systems you're talking about, the proposed one or the real one. But if you're doing robberies, that- Mark, and you sock away all that money and then all you have to do if you get caught for the robberies is spend a little bit of time in jail, when you you've say, still got all the money. I don't know what you're talking about the robberies. Robberies can carry up to 10 years, man. Um, I mean, you know, a little bit of time in jail. you got to make a lot of money robbing to make up for six years in the pokey. A lot of states have these 85% rules that's eight and a half years on a all i'm saying sentence. is you still get the money afterwards what? whereas if you had to make restitution to somebody at least then you would be making that person it, whole and the robbery would be no good i'm not i'm i'm for what you're talking about i'm for it for a different re, for different reasons i think that having been through the criminal justice system i'm telling you it is broken like it's highly broken everybody will agree it's broken and no of one course. wants to do anything about it um you know what are they supposed to do I don't know. Um, they, they they could. What politician is going to propose such a drastic sweeping change to the criminal justice system? I mean, it hasn't happened happen. here in New Hampshire Things yet. Things that work aren't going to happen. Maybe we'll see it happen here in New Hampshire as uh, more people get active in the political system. But. Well, when politicians, my brother went to Provo Canyon Boys School for a year. It was called Provo Canyon Boys School, but what it was was for $25,000, which you have to imagine this was over, this was 30 years ago. So that was a lot of money. Um, you could send your son to uh, Utah where they were manhandled and and they were 
imprisoned, but mm-hmm. um, it, the slate was wiped clean and there was no record. And so he was in there with senators and congressmen and, you know, uh, businessmen's uh, sons. And they came out after a year with no record and no whatever. How nice. I know. So, it's, you know. And, so there's one system for the privileged. Right. The sons and the daughters of the right. privileged. Kind of like another. the National Guard version. You know? Well, we've seen that happen when we were down in Florida. The, the daughter of the, uh, the governor at the time, Jeb Bush, she was caught. And I believe it was for crack cocaine. She was put into uh, one of those rehab clinics, which, again, likely yes. has all these rich kids uh, at it. And when she attempted to escape from the rehab clinic so she could go out, like I think she'd smuggled a uh, crack rock in her sock or something like that. Anyway, there's this drama involved. And <laughs> essentially, the, yeah, it was good stuff. the politician's <laughs> response to this news was that, we deserve our privacy. Yeah, let let our family handle oh, this in private. Right, right. But you know, I'm sorry if you're just one of the, a normal working stiff or 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 lower, you don't get to handle it in private. Mm-hmm. Let's continue with your phone calls here. Artie's listening in Ohio. Artie, you're on Free Talk Live. The Michelle and Mark. Artie in Ohio, going once. Artie in Ohio, going twice. I hear something. Sounds like a line's open there, but. And now that person's gone. Let's try Frank in Canton, Ohio, listening to WCER. Hello, Frank. Frank. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Go ahead, I got sir. a question just to kind of feel around where your values and, and ethics and uh, feelings about law and justice are. So, you know, there are consequences. I want to draw you a quick scene, and I'd like to, you to vote thumbs up, judged as a juvenile or judge this an adult. I, I got two. I don't fans. accept that. I don't. I don't accept right. that. If he's juvenile, I think he should be judged as a juvenile. If the juvenile system's broken, then the the people who broke it need to fix it. So I mean, the idea the whole system. If broken. you are seven, as far as I'm concerned, if you're 17 and 364 days, you should never be tried as an adult because somebody who's 17 and uh, 18 in one day can never be tried as a juvenile. It's, I think the classification should be eliminated. Well, you have a problem there because they're still under the law, technically children, but they're young adults, and okay. and, and and no, they haven't seen a whole lot of life, but they've had plenty of years to form their own opinions and and uh, psychological problems in life. And, and so I don't really what, understand the point of that. I, I, I'm not understanding the point that you're making. Well, what I'm saying is they deserve rights and responsibilities, but there are certain things that are really hard crimes. And maybe There's you're no right such of- thing as deserving rights. You either have rights or you don't. All right, we'll come back with Frank here in a moment. Frank, uh, hold your thoughts for just a bit. We'll come back with more of him and your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait... 
There's more. You can buy Liberty Snickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're talking about the so-called juvenile justice system, and we'll return to that here in a moment. you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top on the right-hand side of the page. SACL okay. CAI. All right. So we're talking about young people uh, who are just being snatched up by this government's so-called justice system. And specifically, uh, Michelle, you brought up the idea of these young people being charged more often as so-called adults uh, in the system. Of course, just in general, young people are being brought into the system even more with the example that we mentioned from Texas – where they are being charged with Class C misdemeanors from as young as age five or six uh, all the way up through high school. Just thousands and thousands and thousands of kids every single year in Texas being charged criminally Right, with and you clarified that if the parents are unwilling to pay this, uh, this fine that it's waiting for them at age 18. That Correct, it some jail time. Convert to jail time, right? So let's bring Frank back here in Ohio. Frank, you had a scenario you wanted to run by us. Well, I'd like to change change that. Instead of giving you a scenario, I could give you a quick two families. You know, they're one semi-functional, and the father goes to work, and the woman is a housewife. The one beside them, the mother is a dysfunctional divorcee. The father's a trucker or an engineer and an alcoholic, and the mother becomes a, a, a crackhead or a dopehead and likes to sleep around with a number of men to feel loved and wanted. Her son grows up in that environment for half his life. He's about 13 or 14, and he builds up this hate. And he does things and becomes a hateful child because of trying to deal with that and nobody really helping him. And he decides one day the people that are semi-normal live beside them, or maybe they're dysfunctional. You can give these people any colors you want, yellow, Light tan, dark black, What's white. What's your point? <laughs> well, the point is the child, the 13 or 14-year-old, goes over and he's having a fit. His mother's out sleeping with some guy and having a beer in a bar or something. You still haven't mentioned what he's done, and, and that's the point. Well, he, he goes over and he's mad, and there are little girls playing in the yard. The mother goes inside and gets on the telephone. The little girl's four or five years old, and the mother left her too long. For a reason or something was cooking on the stove, whatever. People are people and human. And the little boy goes over and sees an opportunity to take it out and he wants to kill something. And he chokes the life out of the little girl. Well, based on what you just said, people are people. And, and so. Yeah, but what would you, um, I wanted to ask you folks, would you try him as an adult or as a child? 
13, 14 years. Well, I, I don't think that there isn't an option to try him as a child. There's an option of trying him as a juvenile or try, trying him as an adult. And what my concern with this is inconsistency and stupidity. Um, if, if we're, I'm not going to support a broken legal system. I'm going to say fix the legal system. If you're going, if the, the, if the kid deserves whatever the kid deserves as far as, far as punishment goes, then he deserves it at whatever age he deserves it at. Thanks, if, Frank, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's bring Patricia on here. Great points, Mark, but we've actually got the filmmaker. Uh, Patricia, and I'm sorry, what is your last name, Patricia? Because Michelle was having a tough time with it earlier. Yeah, it's Fulcrod. Fulcrod? Fulcrod. Fulcrod. With an F? Yes. Gotcha. Patricia Fulcrod with us, the director of the new film. What was it called, Michelle? Unfit. Unfit. Where do people go to learn more about your film, Patricia? Um, Well, right now it's up on a website called Kickstarter because we've been uh, raising money to start it. It's kickstarter.com, and then you just uh, search unfit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a new uh, format that a lot of people are using to sort of create seed money for their projects. But the title comes from the fact that in California, if you commit a crime as a juvenile, there is a process in which they quickly decide whether you are fit or unfit to be tried as a juvenile. And if you are declared unfit, you go into the adult system. And in 2001, Californians passed something called Prop 21. And they thought, I think, that they were doing it to help gang violence. But in fact, what they were doing was allowing prosecutors to declare kids unfit uh, without any process, without oh, going, yeah, and you can you can declare a kid now unfit just at, by being a prosecutor based mm. on the nature of the crime. And so, of course, prosecutors want to make themselves. A lot of them are elected, uh, so they want to make themselves look like they're real tough on crime. And so, if they can show that we're sending all these kids uh, in as adults into the system, that they're tougher on crime in hopes of being reelected, I'd imagine. Yeah, but also even the prosecutors, I think, who are fair, the problem nowadays in California and across the country is the circumstances of the child have gone out the window. What people see um, are basically the crime. So if someone hits you over the head with a baseball bat, No one's really interested anymore in what that previous gentleman described, the family life, the situation, the alcoholism, any of it. It's just he was hit over, somebody was hit over the head with a baseball bat. And Patricia, Patricia, you know, to acknowledge that, I was reading your your bio there on the website, and you mentioned this young man who had been repeatedly abused by his father yeah. as well as his mother, and I would call have called it self-defense, that finally the kid got fed up and, and killed his dad. Right. And, well, the reason that's being appealed is because not only had he been abused, um, but he, that evidence, the fact that he was an abused child, was not allowed into the trial. And the judge instructed the jury to not take into consideration the age of the young man, who I believe at the time was 14. So the reason I'm making this film is because the average American doesn't know that there are 2,500 kids across the country doing juvenile life without parole which means exactly that. You will never even have a parole hearing, let alone 
have the parole hearing decide in your favor or not in your favor. Um, I mean, what most people in America don't realize is that if you get a sentence of 15 to life as a juvenile, you're probably never going to get out of jail. Wow. Um, Never? Because, no, never. People are not being paroled in a lot of states. And the other thing that people don't realize that I didn't realize is that if you're given a sentence of 15 to life, it means very often that you serve the 15 years and then you start the life sentence. It doesn't mean if you serve your 15 years, you are automatically going to be released. So right now, there are kids going into prison at 15, 16, 17 years of age who may never get out if the system stays as it is. I mean, I just interviewed a kid who spent 18 years in jail for being in the car with another gang member who did kill someone, but he was just in the car. He got um, life, and because of a lot of work, he was denied six paroles, and on the sixth one, he was let out after 18 years. Wow. That's considered to be a minor miracle. Mark, um, I'm sure Mark can relate here. Uh, one of the, he's the, the gentleman on the show. Uh, he spent nine years in prison after being involved in a kind of a similar situation. Well, I was, yeah, I was around when somebody got killed, and, um, you know, it was unfortunate and you know, I, I spent some time in, in prison, uh, nine years in prison. And, you know, I saw some really uh, some disturbing stuff as far as young people coming in. There was uh, there were two kids, 12 years old, that came into the youthful offender prison that I was at. And that's the term they use for juveniles that are sentenced as adults. Um, but under the, people under the age of 25 that were adults, they'd send them to this youthful offender prison. And there were two 12-year-olds that got sent there. Um, another situation, a young man who, I guess, was wrestling in the front yard and killed a neighbor kid. Um, you know, He got life. He might have gotten the death penalty. I can't remember. That's a, a story happened quite some time Patricia, ago. Patricia, can you stick with us for a little bit here? Uh, sure. All right, great. More with uh, Patricia here in a moment, uh, the director of the new movie, which is soon to be released, hopefully, uh, Unfit. We'll give you more information about that here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. the airwaves bring up anything you want 800-259-9231 the SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 joining you tonight it's Ian Michelle and Mark and we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com hey if you like the fact that we give you the website and the features there for free then take a moment and support the show on a voluntary basis by going and shopping with us. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com and you'll get access to Amazon through our affiliate links there. You click in through the appropriate link for your country. It'll take you to the right Amazon. You get your shopping done. You get the stuff you were going to get anyway at the great Amazon prices you would normally have shopped and paid. It's just that Amazon cuts us a portion of their profits when you enter through our link at shop.freetalklive.com. Again, shop.freetalklive.com. And we go back to our uh, guest here, who uh, 
Michelle, you managed to put this together. So thank you for that, because I think it's a very interesting uh, topic. Uh, Patricia Folkrod is with us. Patricia, are you there? Oh, Patricia. There you are. All right. So you're the director of a movie that is to be released called Unfit. You mentioned that folks can go to kickstarter.com to help, I guess, fund the – is it funding the filming or the editing or the whole thing? I mean, how much of this has been put together? It's actually, the Kickstarter is a, a terrific website that's taken off like fire for people who want to put their project up and um, uh, raise a little bit of money to literally kickstart it. So the film isn't ready to be released. I just want to be clear about that. We're just beginning, but I have been working with kids in jail for 12 years in between making other films. I love the fact that you just promoted Adam's um, show from Iraq Veterans Against the War. I know Adam. Oh, um, yeah, Adam Kokesh. We actually had him on as a guest uh, last night. It's He's a really nice guy. He's, well, I made a film called The Ground Truth about um, the Iraq veterans. And a lot of the people in, a lot of the guys um, back from Iraq and Afghanistan who are in my movie subsequently formed and became a big part of Iraq Veterans Against the War. Mm. And I, I love Adam. Cool. Um, but so this is my first film since The Ground Truth, but I have been teaching kids in jail how to meditate, how to pass their GED, how to do yoga, all sorts of stuff. And I became really alarmed um, in the early, uh, like 2000, 2001, because in L.A. I started seeing all these kids coming into my class and then, you know, a few months later being shipped off literally to adult prisons, sometimes for ungodly amounts of time. And I think, you know, a friend of mine was just mugged. So for me, I'm not someone who says there there doesn't need to be accountability. I think that there does need to be accountability. But my question is, what's the difference between serving five years and 25 years? You know, what... We, uh, you weren't on hold. Um, you weren't. I don't know if you were listening before when we were talking before you got on the line with us. But one of the points that uh, I made was that the big pro- one of the big problems with this government system, besides the fact that they're aggressing against people for things like having a plant in their pocket and other silly nonsense like that, is that in the cases where there actually is a victim. The victim is very rarely in any way, shape, or form attempted to be made whole. The system usually just uh, lays out some sort of a punitive situation where the individual, whether they be adult or a young person, uh, is put into a cage for an arbitrary amount of time. And they're told that this – we are told that this is, this is correctional, that this is somehow rehabilitating uh, to put them in this gladiator school with these other criminals essentially and then essentially believe that when they walk out of there that uh, – that they've been somehow changed in a positive way. Not to say that doesn't happen or can't happen, but the the victim is never made whole. And I think that's the most important part. Of, as far as accountability is concerned, if they actually had to pay restitution uh, to the people that they harmed, if they actually had to attempt to at least make that person whole, that would do a lot more to hold someone accountable than sitting in a cage for 5, 10, 25 years, don't you think? Well, you know, I worked with kids who, who did. I mean, a lot of the times you do have um, money that you are held accountable for. You do have community service. But you wait do a minute. Does the money go, point of clarification, does the money go to the state and the enforcement bureaucracies, or does it actually go to the victim? I think in many cases it does go to the victim. But, I, you know, because I made a film about the war, 
It's interesting to me that I've also been working with a population of kids who, at least in a big city like Los Angeles, their options are very often gangs or the military. And your caller earlier who was laying out that scenario of a, you know, a dysfunctional family and this kid ends up turning around and killing his sister and, you know, what do you do? I think that this is a huge issue because of the way we're raising and educating children. So I don't, I don't believe that it is, there are simple answers. What I believe is that we can change our consciousness. I mean, when someone says to me, you know, war is inevitable, I, you know, I feel that brick wall down to my toes. When you work in a, in a correctional facility like the ones I've worked in, there is an attitude that there will always be young people in trouble, that those beds will never be empty. And truthfully, what no one says is that jobs depend on it to be that way. Mm-hmm. If you go into any juvenile facility, what you will find is a full parking lot. Um, so this is, it, it, it's, it's too easy to just say that it's become a business. And an, and an industrial complex the way war has. But the truth is the only areas in our society that are called industrial complexes are war, the military, the defense department, and prisons. Mm. The, the prison budget in, in 2007, which is the last number I can find, was $74 billion. $74 billion. And this is a statistic from the Department of Justice. Anybody can Google Department of Justice and you'll find it. And so what I look at is the bigger picture of how do we change the consciousness, because the consciousness is swooping up those children as a way of kind of feeding a system that individually people are great, but collectively is out to create something that I think ultimately affects all of our souls. I think we are all affected by this. Well, don't you think, Patricia, that you mentioned the word collective as well as individual. And, um, you know, I'm for promoting self-government, as I know Ian and Mark are. And uh, I'm not sure, you know, where you fit in with your political philosophy or... or, um, you know, philosophy on liberty or whatever, but Mark was mentioning on the break that he thinks that this starts with essentially spanking. <laughs> so I really do. I, I really think that uh, we we start a foundation with our uh, you know in our culture of using violence to uh, solve problems. And I'm not saying that you, you hit your kid one time and that's the um, you know that that causes uh, them to act out. But I do think. That um, this this idea that it's okay to use violence to solve problems is pervasive. It's from the you know the very smallest kids uh, when it starts with you know t- potty training or whatever, all the way up to how society is run. Government is an a, a an institution of monopolized privilege of the use of violence. They claim for themselves that monopoly privilege, and. Um, you know, it's it's OK for the government to use violence and, and people just accept it. And I think that it's the it's, it's the acceptance of violence that's really um, manifesting. Endemic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's violence. And, and but I would also go so far as to say that, you know, find a violent person and see how well they can read. Because I what 
consistently took my breath away. I spent last year teaching when I finished The Ground Truth, and everyone said, well, what do you want to do next? I said, I want to go back working with the boys. And I spent a year helping kids pass their GED, like teaching full-time, not as a volunteer, but as a teacher. And what always broke my heart and breaks my heart is you can see the most tattooed, you know, hardcore gangbanger come into a classroom, and when it becomes apparent that his reading skills are that of a third- or fourth-year-old, there is nobody more ashamed and more humiliated than him. You cannot fake that. Well, you can't fake not being able to read. I agree with you. And I taught uh, a friend of mine how to read there. Uh, you know, he, he loved the newspaper, and we worked very hard so that he could be able to read USA Today. Uh, not a terribly difficult newspaper to read. But it was very important to him, and I worked with him daily for months and months and months to get that done. But I, I, I really think that it's the, um, you know, the families that use the most amount of violence on their kids often have the kids that are the least able to read school is compulsory it's forced upon our our kids i mean that's just more violence violence that's threatened against the parents um therefore they have kids that are you know that that, that don't want to they end up not wanting to go to school and uh, they force them into it hey patricia great having you on the program tonight our listeners can again go to kickstarter.com and they just search for unfit just put in the search area unfit and your movie will come up and i hope it can get made because it sounds like a great idea and hopefully if it does maybe we can have you back and you can talk about it at that point i look forward to it and i thank you for the call tonight more coming up it's free talk live and now it's time for letty's easter countdown the part of the radio show where letty comes out and counts down can you believe it's only nine days to easter do you know how to figure out the day easter will fall each year neither do i that's why god made wikipedia this has been Larry's Easter Countdown. Tune in tomorrow for another Easter message. Veggie Tales presents Twas the Night Before Easter. Get ready to celebrate the season and discover what helping others is really all about. I've been working on an Easter-themed musical. Up with bunnies. We need a star. Cassie Cassava. She's big time. It's an all-new Easter adventure full of bunnies, music, and love. Featuring American Idol finalist Melinda Du. Little as Cassie. Helping one another. One right big reason why we're here. Veggie Tales Twas the Night Before Easter. Available at Walmart, Family Christian Stores, and retailers everywhere. Own it today on DVD. Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Once again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls. And then, if we get a chance, we'll continue what has been a week-long excursion <laughs> into the Psychology Today article about the seven sins of the forced education system. I think we've been through four of them, maybe? We've uh, yeah, three we're, more we're to getting go. ready for number five. Yeah. Uh, why, is, why is sins always associated with the number seven, is what I want to know. I don't know. Good question. But let's go back <laughs> to your phone calls first and talk to uh, Ryder who is in New Hampshire, calling from, I think, Keene. Hello, Ryder. Hi. Hey. What's on your mind? So, uh, uh, 
This afternoon, it looks like the U.S. moved against three big poker sites with fraud and illegal gambling charges. And this is uh, pretty big news uh, for the online gambling community. And I'm pretty concerned uh, because a lot of people not only just do this for fun, some people in the U.S. do it for basically their main income. And they have a lot of money on these sites. And it looks like the U.S. is moving to um, actually... They're moving to arrest the founders of all three of them, and two of them are already in custody, apparently, and they're looking for one more. Wow, that's scary. Um, And they've also seized the domain names of the ones they could get, and ultimatebet.com is one of the examples. And if you go there, it says, this domain name has been seized by the FBI pursuant to blah, 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 blah. Um, and that no. was one of the big sites. Right, or you're a big online gambling and just gambling fan in general. Now, are these sites that are re- renowned, Are they? do they have a reputation, or is there a chance that they were ripping people off? Oh, they have a reputation with online gamblers, for sure. And now I haven't gambled online for probably over a year at this point, but I do have a lot of experience but with it's it. A good repu- it's a good reputation, is what you're saying? Like I said, they moved against the three biggest ones, and mm. you don't get to be one of the three biggest poker sites by ripping people off. Right, so they're going after the the big boys because they've got the deep pockets, right? That's pretty much the idea. They're going to steal all their money and shut their business down? I don't, I don't really know what their main incentive is, but yeah, they're going against the big ones, and uh, it's really up in the air now. Um, you go on the forums and people really aren't sure whether they should start pulling their money or attempting to or what. Um, or so the sites, gonna... the, the sites themselves are actually holding cash for people. Yes. Yes. And, and I don't. I don't know exactly how that works. I think they probably contract with some uh, someone else to hold some of the money. So it's really up in the air where exactly the money is. But we're now, certain, was... though, that that money was taken forcibly from the people who signed up to gamble, right? So the um, government's um... really protecting those people, isn't that right? Well, your sarcasm is very obvious, but it's it's unbelievable. These people that sit at home and want to pass the time playing online games are not hurting anyone, and now they are possibly going to lose a lot of money mm-hmm. and possibly their hobby and even more if the U.S. Um, shuts these sites down completely. It's horrible. I know that it was a few years ago where they passed some kind of law that essentially said that it was illegal for any financial institutions to essentially assist people. So like if a credit card uh, in the United States was being used on one of these sites, that would be a violation. The credit card company would essentially be violating this, this law. And so they were using the, the financial providers of the U.S. banks and credit card companies to try mm-hmm. to stop the online gambling sites. There ended up being a number of ways around that. And now you're saying they're actually cracking down directly against the site operators. And that's what they're citing in these arrests. They're saying, well, you, you guys um, purposely tried to get around our law, so now we're going to charge you with fraud and money laundering. Mm. Uh, so it's, re- it's really complicated right now, and people aren't really sure what to think, but it is a big deal it's in the online gambling community. It's, it's horrible. And really, it's just, again, about a protection racket, isn't it? I mean, it's essentially the government saying that, well, we'll allow some people to do gambling, like in these big casinos in certain places where we approve those things happening. But the, uh, these online folks, well, we, we just can't handle those people being around because it's competing with our existing physical locations where people can go to that we have total control over. And uh, online, we can't have much control at all. So we'll just go ahead and attack their domain names and then arrest the operators, and that should scare them off. You think this is going to stop people from gambling online, Ryder? Oh, of course not. I went to betus.com. That's still up. I was still able to download the PokerStars 
uh, executable, but I couldn't download the full tilt one. Hmm. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's, it's in the process of being taken down or what. But the worst part is, even if it does come back, if online gambling does come back to being quote unquote legal, you can be rest assured the federal government is going to want a tax cut out of it. Sure, they will. Which is going to be all sorts of hoops you have to jump through to put money in and then take money out, and it's really upsetting and going to be a burden on the entire industry. It's horrible. Are there any online gambling sites that are running on Bitcoin? That might be a possible option. I have no idea about that. Something to think about. I mean, if you've got any connections. Anyway, th- yeah, anything not- else you want to share on this? That's it. It's pretty upsetting, though, and it's big news. Thanks for so uh, to share that. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate the uh, the update tonight on the online gambling scene as a crackdown is imminent. Uh, the domain name warning here when you go to ultimatebet.com. This domain name has been seized by the FBI pursuant to an arrest warrant in REM, whatever that means, obtained by the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District in New York, etc., etc., conducting, financing, managing, supervising, directing, or owning all or part of an illegal gambling business is a federal crime. For persons engaged in the business of betting or wagering, it is also a federal crime to knowingly accept in connection with the participation of another person in unlawful internet gambling, credit, electronic fund transfers or checks so a you've broken a law by doing an illegal gambling business b you've broken their statutes by uh because i guess it's more accurate to call them statutes uh but you've broken their statutes by accepting any kind of electronic fund transfer etc check etc in the purpose of uh, gambling and they say that violations of these laws carry criminal penalties of up to five years imprisonment and a fine of up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars properties including domain names used in violation of the provisions of this code are or involved in money laundering transactions are subject to forfeiture to the united states and that means to the united states federal government so they are going to take these men. They're going to attempt to put them in prison for five years. People. They're Who knows whether to, there's women involved? Good point. Uh, <laughs> Thank they, you. They are going to take these people. They're going to put, try to put them in prison for five years, take $250,000 from each of them personally, perhaps, and also forfeit every single dollar that's yep. what uh, Ryder was concerned with he and the other players who have put money into these websites to have kind of a, a till of something to which they can reach in buy some more chips with and cash their winnings out with those who knows how much money they're sitting on i mean th- this could be millions and millions of dollars these are the these are the, top, gov- the one, government two and three websites right this is the government waited until uh these these businesses had a chance to build up because they you know when they passed this law i think it was back in uh, 2004 or something like a that few we years talked about back, it. yeah yeah you know these these sites were much smaller they waited until they got nice and big so they could uh, just proper you know proper for the plucking it's sick it is but what do you do about it? I don't know. What's what? What is a what is a person to do about it? Secession. That's the only answer here. Get, getting out, getting out from under the thumb of the federal government. Nullification is just as good of an answer. If uh, some of these things are going on in your particular state, you can tell the uh, troopers in your state, look, don't you don't let these fibbies in here to uh, enforce this. In this state, gambling's legal. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. As long as the ISP is willing to also stand up against the feds, be 
because that's what you're really dealing with here. You is need the federal an ISP that's in, that housed in the same state or another state that's willing to stand, to stand up. Right. Well, and they would also have to not be, you know, paying federal taxes or mm-hmm. doing anything regarding the Fed. So it would have to be a total nullification, Mark, therefore secession. Mm. So if total I mean, nullification, I don't see how you'd have to necessarily. If you're do dealing that. with the federal government, if you're running a business that is filing federal forms with the federal government, you are a part of their operation. The federal and, government's going to leave alone the state where the they say, look, you know, it, they're going to the federal government does what the federal government always does. It picks the low hanging fruit. You make it so your fruit doesn't hang low. You'll be fine. Great. So I hope that you'll uh, maybe get in touch with the uh, representatives and try to legalize gambling. I think, we're, I, I think we're a ways off of that. I'd like to see legal, um, New Hampshire legalize gambling, but we're way off. I wonder of if there's a way around it by having the online gambling site located on an Indian reservation or other countries. There's that, yeah, too. There you go. So uh, there are always going to be ways yourself. There are always going to be ways around it. There's no doubt about that. But right now, millions likely, uh, hundreds of thousands perhaps, gamblers online have their money that is now going to be in the hands of the federal government. That's a big deal. And these poor bastards are going to probably end up in federal prison. It's Free Talk Live. Uh, More coming up. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. Anything you want, just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, and the features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download, at least until the federal government threatens our hosting providers and takes us offline, <laughs> uh, like they did with these uh, gambling sites. But you can go click and download as many uh, Free Talk Live episodes, going all the way back to late 2006 as you want, right there at freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without lawyers who have to know what it takes to win. You can't just wander into court one day and expect everything to be taken care of. There's motions to be be filed beforehand, discovery to be made, um, all kinds of things that you need to do and need to know about. And it's not going to go very well for you if it doesn't. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the Average eighth grader could go through their complete four CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at jurisdictionary.com. It's a course that I've taken myself. I purchased the course. I think it's uh, fantastic. Jurisdictionary.com. All right. So a little bit more here and then your phone calls about what you want. More detail on this gambling crackdown. Ryder called a few moments ago to give us a heads up where the top three Internet poker companies have been shut down. And the news is all over the place. Are they uh, shut down or the domain is... Uh, can you explain that to me? Because sometimes I don't really understand the domain. They being... likely went to the uh, the you know the domain uh, name service and they jacked the domain name. So like freetalklive.com, they can just go to the internic folks or whatever their name, whatever that I can, I think is what so it is. So it prevents anyone from being able to actually locate the site. 
when you go there, it's a big warning from the FBI. So you, you can go wow. to uh, what? And what, there's what, no what, what, skip this <laughs> nope, icon for you to no, click. No, it's gone. It's uh, wow. completely gone. According to the news report over at CNET.com, several founders of the largest three internet poker companies doing business in the U.S. have been arrested as part of an indictment that includes charges of bank fraud, money laundering, and other online gambling-related offenses. According to the U.S. Attorney uh, Genital, the three of- offshore companies. Now, this is an interesting detail because. I was suggesting, well, maybe secession would help solve this problem. Well, apparently not, because all three of these companies that have been cracked down on and shut down entirely were located offshore, which is just absolutely outrageous. It well, essentially means that the yeah, hegemony, United States government doesn't have an, there are no borders, know, no borders, not yeah. for them. The, the hegemony of the U.S. federal government is all over the place, and right. it is just reaching into other countries' business at this point. Yeah, and I want you to try to imagine for a second Antigua's, uh, uh, you know, cops coming into the United States and shutting down a business here in the United States yeah. because they felt that for whatever reason they were violating their laws. Try to imagine this. The three offshore companies, Poker Stars, Full Tilt Poker, and Absolute Poker, are accused of circumventing a U.S. law from 2006 uh, that prohibits transactions from financial institutions to gambling sites. Prosecutors say they allegedly tricked U.S. banks and credit card issuers into processing billions of dollars in transactions that appeared to be legitimate sales on hundreds of fake online retail sites purportedly selling jewelry and golf balls. One third of the money allegedly went directly to the poker companies as revenue through a fee charged to players on each poker hand played, according to the indictment. After U.S. banks and financial institutions detected fraudulent bank accounts and shut them down, the defendants allegedly paid a few small financially troubled banks money as in investments in return for processing the payments pretty smart uh the details allegedly included a 10 million dollar investment in private uh, private utah bank that gave the poker companies more than a 30 percent ownership stake the indictment and civil lawsuit seek at least three billion dollars in money laundering penalties and forfeiture from the defendants remember they've seized all of their bank accounts the federal court issued a restraining order on 76 bank accounts in Fort. Countries and seized five prosecutors oh are just... nothing but fundraisers. Wow. The, yeah, well, it's the, nice that the we don't have a lot of money. Is in a pickle right <laughs> oh. now, as far as the money goes, and that's what they're after. They're just after the money. Fourteen countries is where these seventy-six bank accounts are located, and they've seized five internet domain names allegedly used for operating the games. Two of the eleven defendants were arrested this morning in Utah and Nevada, and authorities are looking for the others, some who may be in other countries. Restraining orders were issued against more than 75 bank accounts, etc. So there you have it. Uh, we'll keep you up to date as uh, this develops here. So that money, the billions of dollars that they're seeking, is going. the government seeking, is going to go to... The government. The government. Yeah. And then the banks um, who, lent, who you know, allow these transactions They'll are going to be... They'll probably be shut fi- down. They'll be shut down or they're going to receive more money through some kind of bailout. And these then are struggling banks you, that uh, they're, they're more than likely just going to shut them down. OK, so then the, the mom and dad who have their uh, their money in a savings account in those banks, they're going to lose their money. No, that's not likely. It's likely the uh, so-called FDIC will uh, protect those accounts and transfer them to other. Ba- when a bank gets shut down, their accounts usually get shuffled over to another. Bank. I'm just trying to make the point about how this trickle down, uh, you know, is going to affect you and me as we're trying to make 
uh, transactions and things. Probably bank, not. Bank fees it's, are going to increase, et cetera. Yeah, you're really only talking about a few banks. So this is probably not going to affect you and I directly unless you and I are internet gamblers. However, I'm not an internet gambler, but I do care about freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I am very interested in what happens here. And I hope that there's some way to restore freedom to the internet gambling world. It will affect the marketplace. I mean, any, you know, it, because it's difficult to do business that, uh, you know, that gives room to other businesses to increase their price. So, I mean, the competition is limited. So, I mean, it will, but I'm, I, I think we're only talking about pennies. Let's if, continue if, here. With, we'll take your phone calls. You're certainly welcome to comment. Uh, maybe you agree with this crackdown. Maybe you think this is good news. You think that these people should have all of their accounts frozen and all of the, the money that's in it stolen by the federal government confiscated. If you're one of those people, I'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Or maybe you are an internet gambler and you've got some additional thoughts. You're certainly welcome to share them with us. Meantime, we go to your calls about anything. Mel is listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Mel. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Mel? Uh, well, I, I, uh, I'd like to preface something and say, um, you know, I'm a lifelong conservative, been listening to you guys off and on for a long time as I could get you. And now that we have you locally, I listen to you more often. Excellent. And whether I agree or disagree, I always find your program extremely enjoyable and thought provoking. I appreciate that. Go ahead with your thoughts. Um, the anti-smoking, uh, um, legislation that's going, you know, state to state, seems to me that the same group of people are just traveling around making an industry of of banning smoking everywhere in public places. In regards of the the temporary compromises or partial compromises, it always seems to come back around for a full and complete ban on on any kind of smoking. Is there something you know, being I'm, proposed in the uh, Indiana area these days? On that? Actually, it just got uh, it just got uh, shut down um, um, in in the state house. Really, it did not go any further than the total smoke ban because it was everything or nothing was the approach and we'd already reached a compromise in in at least marion county indianapolis area about uh no smoking in restaurants bars and bars and taverns for over 21 and smoking you know smoking based establishments tobacco shops etc were exempt but they weren't willing to accept the compromise no, no, they were at the time, and then they came back around two or three years later. This isn't good enough anymore. We have to go for all of I'd it. I'd like to get more detail from you, so if you can hang with us, uh, we'll bring you back here in a moment at 800-259-9231. You can also bring up whatever's on your mind, especially if you're for the smoking bans. Uh, certainly there are plenty of people who are. It's Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, it's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey this November. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're about $600 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those. Uh, Again, uh, freetalklive.com. Those features there, by the way, include our bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Silver. $43 $43 an ounce. It is uh, Ooh, going damn. up, up, up. 
If you've been listening to Free Talk Live, you know we've been talking about buying silver and gold and, um, you know, honestly, uh, platinum, too. I think that uh, metals right now. Is that now, on the way up as well? Actually, platinum's kind of uh, languishing right now. and So I won't sell my wedding rings yet. <laughs> I, I think that uh, I think I might be becoming a platinum fan too, really? um, just because of that. All the rest of the metals are going up. It hasn't yet. Seems like it's poised to. Just hey, look, it's just a guy who pays a little bit of attention yeah. here, uh, giving his suggestions. Um, as a matter of fact, I talked to uh, Ted at Midas Resources. It was either today or yesterday. I can't remember. It all just flies by. My my life is just such a wonderful dream. It just flies by. But I talked to him yesterday. He said he could get uh, stop platinum. skipping in the studio, Mark. Come on. <laughs> it's the flowers in my hair that uh, they really go with what. What I'm about wearing. that complaint that the guy had on the Free Talk Live uh, BBS a little while back about his delivery taking too long? He was very upset. Yep. Um, I you know he told he, once he gave me enough information, I, I gave it to Ted. Once Ted had enough information, he dealt with it right on the phone with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I the, it had. Hadn't gotten shipped out as quickly as the guy would have liked to. It it might. It, it's hard to say what happened, right? Like maybe it was uh, sitting around on the table too long. Who knows? You know, when it's the first complaint we've had in the couple of years that we've been doing this, and I think that's a, that speaks well. And did the business? The business obviously made good. Yep. And the gentleman said uh, that he, you know, he that the that he's he's not so outraged that this can't be, uh, you know, salvaged or mm-hmm. anything like that. He was just having an, an issue, and and I'm glad that uh, it was taken care of. But um, you know, this is the kind of customer service that we demand uh, for our customers, our listeners, and uh, Midas Resources delivers it. Um, I'm going to keep on top of it and make sure that uh, everything goes as well as I have yeah, ha- have uh, imagined here. But I don't see, I don't really. I don't see any problem. Whenever I've ordered, I've gotten my stuff quickly. You? Well, I mean, I don't know what you consider quickly for the gold and silver business. It's my understanding a lot of companies don't even have the product in stock. So weights are fairly common from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not going to say it's quick. I don't think it's quick. I think it, it takes time, but you get a good price. A few weeks. And it's, uh, you know, if, it's as, if, it, if you build the proper expectation and it comes in the proper amount of time, then you're not going to have any problem. Yeah. If you tell a customer it's going to be three to four weeks should be three to four weeks otherwise you're gonna have a customer that's upset and i think that that's what happened in this circumstance that it took longer than uh, the expectation was that it was going to happen i don't you know i wasn't there for all of it i i can only say hey we got to get the guy his stuff so um and you know i i, I hopefully midas is uh, fulfilling i believe it is otherwise fulfilling it's uh, uh what, what it promises to customers yeah, so, i expect to wait a while because i'm getting what i consider to be a fairly good deal i mean i've looked around and midas as i said i bought the dimes recently Yep. the uh, what they call the survival bag of dimes. I didn't and get to see it when you. It hasn't that. come here okay. yet, so it's going to take some time. But I understand that going into it, I could not find a thousand dimes on. You, you suggested maybe there was another site I should check, and I went and I took a look at it. But uh, you know, Midas had a beat on the price, and they had the quantity as well. Midas, the other guys only had like four hundred in stock for the entire business. And the other thing is, Midas is a Better Business Bureau member and has an A plus rating there, so you don't get that by. Just kind of effing around with yeah. your customers. You, you don't, <laughs> right? You and know, how many businesses happen. can you call up? Like how many of these big gold businesses that you hear on the radio and like other other big talk shows? How many of them can you call up and talk to the CEO? I don't. Um, you know, I I I don't know. I don't know. Because it's not hard to get Ted Anderson on the phone. That's all I'm saying. Over at, well, over it might Midas. be easier for us. We work for him. He's right there on their phone tree, man. You can just dial up the the uh, Midas number and talk to him. I mean, I like a cell phone number, so I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, that's not there, but his office number is, and so I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty accessible. Also, lots of listeners um, that that purchase through them recommend them. Um, you know, I've just got guy got a guy here that's listening right now, IMing me and saying, "Hey, I'm an FTL listener, and I recommend them." Right. So you go through Midas at silver.freetalklive.com. You'll likely get a great deal. Go ahead, price around, make sure, yep. um, and the product is going to come to you just as long as you're patient with it. Uh, it will come because Ted has always fulfilled his uh, his deals with me, and like you said, it was a first complaint we've ever heard of um, i think so. there might have been one other situation uh maybe a, y- a year or so back but it you know it got handled quickly and it was just poof, poof, you know and and gone uh, but i can't remember for sure so go to silver.freetalklive.com you order your silver and gold through that link and also free talk live benefits as well because your uh, midas is actually cutting us a portion of the sale very small uh, portion of the sale and uh, midas actually is the company that is behind gcn which is the network that helps distribute this program to the 90 plus great radio stations and xm satellite radio and etc so let's get back to mel listening to wxnt in indianapolis as we kind of sideline there for the uh, the gold and silver but mel uh, you've been talking about the smoke ban the smoke nazis there in indiana they're proposing yet another step i was a little unclear as to what you were saying before though is there already a smoking ban in place statewide in bars and restaurants um for for the most part there is a partial ban uh mostly in restaurants uh there are exceptions there was a negotiated exception so you know state state and um, municipal properties is a complete smoking ban of course and there's a um a partial ban uh you can go into bars that cater to only 21 and older and their primary business is is, is liquor and nightclubs then you can smoke and then uh tobacco based um businesses say like the the cigar store where I go they have a lounge and you can sit and smoke in there um but did you say it was all restaurants that it's banned from yeah okay yeah but it's it's not as draconian as the florida one which we encountered almost a decade ago when we first started up this show where they completely banned it from i think it was all restaurants and bars Uh, florida's less draconian than this uh, really than than new hampshire's florida you could if you had a freestanding bar uh that didn't make didn't serve 10 percent of its amount in food or something like that they had some kind of stipulations that you could still smoke there mm. i was really surprised i went through i think it was either south carolina or north carolina on uh, a drive recently with my wife and we stopped off in a restaurant uh, we were on the road just stopped off at a restaurant someplace and uh, to get some food and uh, they said smoking or not and i'm like what you know like mm-hmm. I, I was so stunned yep. in, the, the idea nashville, they had a smoking section nashville tennessee has a really uh cool thing on broadway where all the honky-tonks are uh, half of on one side of the street is smoking, and on the other side, it's not. That's and the and the just um, on its own, right? And that way, the market decided that is what exactly, you're exactly. Well, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but now you're saying they're proposing a total smoking ban from all business. Yes, and it got shut down. It got shot down, and they said, "Okay, we'll be back." I bet and, they will. And the, and, and, you know, I, I can see, you know, the American Cancer Society was involved. And, and I had two questions when I called in on a local radio station on Abdul in the morning. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, what, if you're so worried about this, why don't you go after making tobacco illegal rather than restricting rights? If it's such a well, bad that product. that restrict the rights of the manufacturers of the tobacco as well. But, I mean, you're but not the whole point is they're not, they're not going to kill the cash cow. Sure, uh, sure. And, and, and it seems to me that there's this entire group that goes from state to state to state, and they've created this entire industry based on this. Sure, and once they, have success in, once they have success in one state, it's easier for them to have success in the others because they can just point over there and they can say, look, here's the legislation. It's already been written for you. 
just plug this in and make it happen. And then they just look to the other states and they say, well, if they're getting away with it and we can get away with it here. Yeah, they're standing precedents. And my, my, uh, and the other point I try and make with people, I don't smoke cigarettes. I have the occasional cigar. Um, but my whole point here is that it's not about cigarettes. I said, next it'll be fatty foods, what you can fry in, then how much yeah, salt right. you can have. And it'll be just like New York. Right. And I said, this about is it. just the first step. And this is, and that's why it's easy. That's why these things get through is that so many people dislike smoking. I don't like the idea of smelling cigarette smoke when I eat my food. And people will, you know, their mind will flash back to a distasteful situation where they had cigarette smoke, <laughs> you know, waft in front of them while they're trying to st- mm-hmm. stick a cheeseburger in their face or whatever they're doing. And they say, that needs to be stopped. So you have a situation where, you know, 80% of the population doesn't smoke, 20% of the population does, and uh, most of that population a little younger usually anyway so they don't mm-hmm. get out and vote it's it's just an easy thing uh the, the smoking ban passed 70 30 in in florida yeah and, and you're not exaggerating either when you're talking about fatty foods or whatever other nanny state stuff that will be coming milk. down the pike <laughs> hey thank you uh mel for the call and the patience and the time tonight i appreciate uh, your hey, thoughts thanks very much yep. guys yes sir 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line and he's right they will come back and they'll keep oh, they'll coming back. back again and again and again uh, until they finally get their way. More coming up. You can take control, bring up anything. Of course, as long as you're going to obey it, then they'll keep doing it. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Talk Live, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. You can, of course, uh, support this program in a variety of different ways. One of them is by going to promote.freetalklive.com where you will encounter various different things like web banners and graphics to real-life flyers and business cards you can print out and distribute to uh, promote Free Talk Live. Get Free Talk Live to more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn how. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Continue with your phone calls. Artie is listening in Ohio. Artie, you're on Free Talk Live with hey. Michelle Lamarck. Hello there. Hey, how you doing? It's great. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, I come across you guys last night. Uh, I listened to one of your earlier episodes, and oh, well, thought I'd give you. I thought it was pretty awesome, actually. Um, How did you find the show? Uh, actually, I was I was looking up a song, the original heavy metal, the song heavy metal that Sammy Hagar did a remake on, and uh, I decided so I'll go ahead and look up the, the movie Heavy Metal, and then I found out they're going to do a new version, and somehow I don't know how, but you guys popped on one of the sites that I was I went to. Huh. How weird. That is an amazing place. (laughs) So you guys are a part of a cult cartoon from Canada. Just know that. I'm I'm for that. (laughs) Very cool. We're all a bunch Uh, of purple dorks. (laughs) You know, a dork is a whale's penis, so you speak for yourself. Okay. Uh, You know what? Whales don't have no problem with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'll tell you what. I I called earlier on in the show. I got disconnected, unfortunately. uh, Sorry. 
The reason why I called is you guys were talking about the criminal justice system. Well, yes. I'll tell you something. The one thing that I, and I, and I mean, it's abundantly clear. The one thing about our criminal justice system is there is nothing, and I mean nothing, for the victims. I'm going to give you a case in point, true story. My wife and I are dealing with it right now. My one-year-old grandson was abused by the ex-girlfriend um, of my son. She had gotten herself a new boyfriend. And because of that, um, I guess it, he was 40 years old, which almost 20 years were elder. Not as old as I am, but, you know, mm -hmm. old. Okay. Um, he broke his leg. He broke his arm. Good he broke three ribs. He fractured his skull. Um, he punched him so hard that his spleen came back abnormal and oh. in his appendix. Okay. He was a year old? One year old. Oh. Now, this is the state of Ohio. And this is how the law is. And the state of Ohio, because he is under, he's under four years old. In other words, if he was if three and under, basically you can beat the crap out of kids all you want, and that's okay. And I'm going to tell you why I say that, because this is how the law is written. Because of his age, he has no say-so in the court of law. None. So when we go to make an impact statement, let me rewind a little bit. This guy, his attorney, which I call it all attorneys paid liars. The bottom line is everybody can say what they want about the lawyer's profession. To me, it's not a profession. It's literally paid liars. Yeah, that's Whenever how they pronounce you get, it down, uh, down in the South. That's what they call them. They call them liars. Yeah, liars. well, I told, I told the judge that. She disagreed with me until I corrected her when I said it's real simple. There is, you know, there's a prosecutor's version of the truth. There's a lawyer's version of the truth. And then there's the actual truth. Mm -hmm. There is no version. When you're paid to give a version, you're a liar. It's that simple. All right. So what's the, okay. what does it say there? Well, um, I asked the judge, I said, who in this courtroom represents my grandson? Because he's one year old and he was not allowed to give his. Be, I guess the, the feeling is or the thought behind the law is because he can't effectively talk and describe at that age. Okay, fine. Then who represents my grandson? That's all I wanted to know. And she said, well, you guys are here, and that's great. But we were not privy to anything they had already prior agreed on. The first prosecutor had agreed to allow him out of four felonies and allow, allowed him to plead guilty to two heavy dose misdemeanors, whatever you call that. In Ohio, heavy dose misdemeanor only carries a sentence of six months in jail, $1,000 fine, and whatever other little minuscule things they want to tack on, like and treatment the, or whatever. And more importantly, no money to the victim, right? Well, yeah, there's no money to the victim. You know, that, that goes in contrast, because we were talking to uh, the, the filmmaker earlier, of the, I guess the documentary that she wants to make on, on this issue, and she didn't, seem, she didn't seem too clear on whether or not the money that was uh, being fined from people was actually going to the state or going to victims. And it seems to me that more often than not, any money that is being forfeited is going straight into the state's uh, coffers, yeah. not the victims. That's been my observation, and it seems like it's yours. Well, here's the thing. There are certain, and again, this depend. This is state depending. Okay, what there are is there's there's victims programs where uh, a, pro, a state program will pay a victim for the crime they endured, and then they go after the perpetrator. Right. They, well, they'll, they'll, they won't so much just pay them as they'll they'll help them with uh, rehabilitation and things like that. So well, if they, I've, hospital. I've, I'm sorry. State, right? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Isn't that isn't that so? Isn't that your experience that state programs will uh, pay people, you know, not pay them, but uh, give them money in order to, you know, get hospital stuff taken care of or psychological things taken care of? Um, no, not necessarily. Okay. Um, Who paid the I'll medical bills? Well, um, one case in point is uh, 
you know, well, it was a friend of mine. Uh, he was actually he was he was actually a very good friend of mine, and he was killed over Bush beer at night working at a convenience store. In the daytime, he was working to be a firefighter. Um, his wife received a hundred thousand dollars from the state of Ohio, and this happened down in Florida because well, did, their residency had not changed to Florida yet. Did she get? She was just simply paid, and her kids are paid, and she was paid until she remarries from the state of Ohio continuously. Huh. So. You know, that's just one way of looking at it. Anyway, the judge went ahead and the first sentencing, when, when your witness is only basically allowed, there's only two times a witness is allowed to say anything, okay, or the victim is allowed to say anything, in our case, on behalf of the victim. And that is, if they're called to testify, which in this case, because of the plea bargain, basic, you know, the, the first prosecutor had, had settled and, and worked out this deal with his paid liar, there was no, there was no hearing. There was no court. Right, at it was all. just a plea bargain. Yeah, I mean, so there's nobody gets to say anything on behalf of this victim. Yeah. That's well, it's, again, it's a tragic. It's just so yeah. tragic. This happens all the time. Mark, you've you've mentioned many times that uh, the, the the idea of a plea bargain is just an insult to the concept of justice in the first place. That there's no, there is the only person that a plea bargain benefits is a guilty person and a prosecutor. Not That's the exactly right. And, and we pay the prosecutor to do the job. Well, thank you for the That's call right. tonight. I appreciate uh, hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And I'm sorry to hear about that story because it's just awful. It's horrifying. It is. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your calls. Craig is in California. Craig, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, <clears throat> back in the uh, 90s, I kind of did what uh, I think... Leslie Snipes got in trouble for and just filed zero income. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't contract with those people. <laughs> what do you yeah, mean by that, Michelle? Yeah. So, uh, Don't file in the first place. Pardon me? Don't file in the first place. Don't contract. You don't owe anything. You're not a slave. Anyway, go ahead with your story. Yeah, I know that, uh, and I'm trying to get information out of how you guys do it. I mean, I was I I learned all about the, uh, you know, the uh, I don't know the corruption that goes on in the IRS. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark pays taxes, so he doesn't do anything. I don't pay taxes. I fill out the forms. Um, the fact is that most Whatever. people in the United the States don't actually pay income tax. You go through the ho- you jump through the hoops. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're asking how to not jump through the hoops anymore. He files income tax, and I do. doesn't pay it. No, uh, what I'm telling you is is that I you know most families in America just don't have to pay taxes. I think you have to make like $60,000 a year, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. I don't know what it is, but it, it depends on different people and what your write-offs are and things like that. But I haven't paid more than, I haven't paid more than $2,000 in taxes over the past five or six years together. So that you means- are paying yeah, I, taxes? I, I, I do that too, but I'm just kind of curious about how you're, like for instance, Michelle's just says she just doesn't file. Yeah, I don't do and that I either. I'm, I'm with Michelle. I don't. I do not uh, send <laughs> their paperwork. Ian and I t- are together. Yeah. And aren't you concerned about them uh, seizing your bank accounts or anything? Well, like it's that? always it's always a risk. Um, but I dumped a six figure uh, uh, trading account uh, a year ago when my uh, when it was levied because I figured I would rather see it go to zero than have the government take it and use that money to. Extort people from things. It? I took it down to zero. I I had a hundred percent losing trades after having sixty percent winning trades in my account for five years in a row. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at okay. that. 
So wait, you took the money out of the account? Is no, that the no. Idea? I took losses. Scuttled it. I don't understand what that means. Um, she just she gave up intentionally, everything. Intentionally I, made I've bad investments. I've, I've heard her say that before, and I don't quite understand it. And uh, you know, I was motivated to fight the IRS until I. Why? Why do you want to fight them? Because why do you even want to exert that energy? Either I, you have to decide for yourself: Are you a free person or not? No, and I if mean, you are, uh, act back, accordingly. Back in the '90s, when I was doing it, I was motivated to fight them, and then I just gave up because I just found it impossible to fight them. But now that I'm listening to you, I'm curious about your your strategies. You All right, we'll come back with more. We can talk about it in a moment here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. I have no strategy. Strategy? It's free talk line. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. As we continue, uh, we'll take your calls about absolutely anything. And also, if we get a chance, Mark, we're going to pick up the uh, seven sins of the forced education system that we've been kind of picking at throughout the week as uh, things have gone on here. Of course, your calls are the primary element of the show, so if you're on the line, we'll certainly talk to you. Uh, But we actually had Craig on in California a few moments ago, and just to kind of bring our listeners up to speed who may just be tuning in, uh, Craig called with some questions. He had some trouble, I guess, with the IRS uh, back in the late 90s after he filed what they call a zero return, which is one of these kind of tax schemes where if you just do things in a certain way, then everything, you know, the IRS will just let you out of your so-called obligation to pay taxes. If you just fill out the forms in the way the tax gurus say, then everything will be fine. Well, Erwin Schiff went to uh, to prison for a long time. Man in his 80s uh, is still in prison today. Peter Schiff's dad. Uh, yeah, as, as a result of, uh, of doing something like that. And so... Michelle, your suggestion was to not fill out the forms at all. My suggestion in the first place is to define yourself. And if you define yourself, as I do, as a free human being, I think by definition, if you're a human being, you're free. But that's, you know, whether it's neocortex or spirituality. Absolutely. Um, And so at that point, if you're free, then you have to ask yourself, why then would I ever give up my time, energy, or the fruit of my labor to anyone else that I did not choose to give it up to. Um, And in this case, the government, 
claiming that it has a right to your the fruit of your labor to your income, I think is categorically false. So why would you participate in that system is my question. Now, he dropped off the line, unfortunately, during mm-hmm. the news break. But I felt like it was such an important issue that it yeah. needed to continue to be addressed. And so his question was, well, how do you do it? I mean, how do you not uh, how do you get away with uh, not paying taxes? Well, I don't know that I'm getting away with it. I mean, you know, there um, my property was levied and there I was receiving, gosh, you know, letters and phone calls. And, and when I would receive the phone calls, I'd, I only received a few because I simply said, um, actually, if you would like to contact me, you'd need to do so by mail. I'm not going to take your phone calls. So thank you. So everything's on the record that way. Yes. And um, so I received several uh, uh, letters and that's how I ended up doing the video with Motorhome Diaries is, you know, when I first got that, the one for claiming that for 2006 I owed, I think, $650,000 or something. And um, and so I don't file, and I don't respond, and I have this big folder of their uh, the solicitations and everything. And the funny thing is, is I've received more information from lawyers who are going to try to help they me. They want to help you. Hmm. <laughs> than anything sure. else. Well, they want to help you pay. Yeah, help they pay want to pay them. Uh, so, so I don't know that I'm getting away with it. I mean, like, I don't know. Your life has changed because of this choice you've made is what you're saying. Absolutely. I no longer employ 20 or so people full time. I no longer have a, you know, six or seven figure income where I spend a great deal of money and put it into the economy. I no longer, you know, so, so I've basically just withdrawn. For me, I'm a little bit of a different situation. I do own my own home and Mm -hmm. uh, I do, you know, I I also do not pay uh, the federal government as well. Fortunately, they have not yet uh, even sent me hide nor hair of a warning notice or anything like that. And I've been off the uh, the tax rolls, so to speak, for since I think 2004. Well, here's a little uh, warning for them: you haven't made that much money that's taxable, so they're really wasting their time. They up either to this go point. after you, though. Um, they civilly, give, they wait. or or they yep. or they they make yeah, it a criminal matter. So they t- typically the IRS goes after you one of two ways, and the idea is to make the biggest. You know, they want to make an spectacle. impression on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to uh, like they did. He mentioned Wesley Snipes, uh, and who's now I believe he's now in prison. Um, they want to make an example out of somebody to scare you, mm-hmm. and that's really what it comes down to. And JJ touched on this last night. This kind of fear uh, mentality that is being put out there. It's it is scary. They are scary. Going the idea of going to jail is a frightening thing, and so I don't blame anybody who's too afraid to stop paying taxes. However, if you could get over your fear, if you could join with myself and Michelle, and I know Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is also public about how he doesn't pay taxes, Mm -hmm. if you could find the courage within you to stand up to that fear, then the more of us that stand up, the more impotent they become, the more difficult it becomes for them to uh, to go after people for this. It reminds me of this awesome video, and I know it's made it around you know, several times on Facebook, but it was um, a soccer game, soccer match that was taking place, I, I, maybe northern uh, Africa or Europe. In any event, some guy um, went running across the field holding a, holding a flag like, yeah! You know, it's just like a white flag. And, um, you know, you typically you'd chase him off or laugh or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, five cops went and tackled him and started beating him with the billy club. And the um, 
the uh, goalkeeper, goaltender, came out and kicked one of the cops. Like, I don't, you're not going to treat a human being like that. And the crowd came out and turned against the five cops. Yes, that's so. And beat them. Yeah, I don't support and using I don't support, violence. I don't support beating and everything, but the right. idea that this, that there were. Was, well, the behavior people, was unacceptable. Like, you know, right. people stood up and said, you could no pull to them this off. Behavior. You could pull them off. You could stop I'm the, uh, the not violence. I'm not sure what happened, but I'm just saying. No, that, it was a beating. It was the crowd beat the police the, in return the, for them the, beating the guy. The society there, that little, that little culture right there wouldn't accept that behavior from those police. And that's the part that I liked. Yes, absolutely. No, I understand that. And the idea that someone, the goaltender, it wasn't just, there was someone who was respected by other people who stood up and said, no. No. That's the, that's a great point. Yes. And, and that's kind of part of what I'm doing this for is for myself, number one, because I don't want to pay these criminals. I don't mm-hmm. want to be voluntarily a part of, of or even because I'm afraid, I don't want to be a part of what they're doing, of what mm-hmm. they're doing with the money. I don't appreciate the fact that it's stolen from folks. I don't appreciate the ways it's spent. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I'm not interested in that. So I'm doing it for myself primarily. But also, I talk about it on the air to show people that it's possible yeah. to encourage people because a lot of my activism is, hey, I can do this. So can you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, it's not rocket science. Some of the things that uh, that I'm that I'm involving myself in, it's just it involves some level of risk. And I think that if anybody out there listening wants to achieve liberty in their lifetime, they need to come to the conclusion that some risk is going to have to be involved in that process. You I'm mitigate. Not against, Sorry, I'm, I'm not against that. Um, what I, I guess my concern is is what is an effective way of getting people to, you know, how, what's the effective way of mitigating risk? You suggested that if the more people that stand up that the, the harder it'll be for the government to come after them. They should move really to New Hampshire as well. Yes, I think. you mitigate your risk if you surround yourself with like-minded individuals. That's right. Why? And that's why I am not as fearful as I would be otherwise. Well, they can still go but, after me right, or Michelle. That's what, or that's what their, their policy is. 60 million Americans, as I understand it, it's really difficult to figure this out, but at least 60 million Americans um, of working age don't pay taxes at all. That's I mean, true, but they're not going to come to each other's aid if they are that much attacked is, That much is true. And what kind of aid, but what kind of aid can FBI really showed up at my house next week. There would be a dozen people there with cameras, and it would be just you know completely viral on the internet. And you guys and our television show and and whatever you know. So so the exposure that I would be able to get because I am surrounded by like minded individuals is much more so than had I stayed in Tennessee or in California. Right. That won't stop the aggression. Right. It won't stop them from putting you in a cage, but it will make the process more difficult for them. Mm-hmm. It's the same difference, Mark. I, I know you didn't make it up to this, but uh, the Bob Constantine trial that we talked about in detail uh, throughout this week. Do you think it made a difference for Bob that there were approximately 20 to 40 activists over the two or three days of his trial that came out to uh, support him there? Do you think Bob that made said a difference? That he, Bob said that he, um, you know, the, he felt that it was all in all a good thing, that he right. was uh, concerned that, that there was certain, a certain amount of uh, jurors maybe turned off by the uh, the antics, perhaps, of the uh, the protesters or whatever, but he felt that all in all that it was a good thing. That's how it's going to be. Anytime you stand up and you make a statement about freedom, people are going to be turned off by it. It's just inevitable that that's going to happen. But I'd rather have people nearby me to stand with me than to face the IRS all alone, even if Absolutely. they are going to put me in a cage. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Don't be afraid. Hi, I'm 
Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. And you can bring up whatever you'd like. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. Some of our website features for you for free. The webcam is one of them. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com to watch, to listen, and to interact because the chat room is built into the same page. Michelle's been in the chat room all night tonight. Yep. Uh, again, uh, cam.freetalklive.com gets you there. The cam brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zenpax, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networks networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. They're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. So we continue here uh, with your phone calls. We'll go to Ricky listening in Hampton, Virginia, to WTAR. Hello, Ricky. Hey, how are you all tonight? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I just basically, um, I'm, I mean, for, I guess, 18 years, I, I, I'm i in a situation where I have taxes taken out of my check, but at the end of the year, I have never filed since 1993 because in 93, you know, I had ta- all these taxes taken out, but by the time I, at the end of the year, last time I filed in 1993, they said I owed them like $4,000 and didn't pay enough. So, I mean, from then on, I have not even filed a tax return since 1993, so I'm probably getting a lot of trouble for that. But Have they come after you? Has there been any kind of uh, notice sent to you? Not one notice, not anything. I've never heard anything from anyone, but, um, of course, I don't ever give out my address, real address to anything, because I'm mm-hmm. afraid they might eventually come after me. But, I mean, for me to be taking, having taxes taken out of my check every week and to find out at the end of the year that I owe four or $5,000, I mean, I've you know, I mean, I to file as many exemptions and dependencies as I can to get less than taken out, but... I just believe, like y'all, that, you know, I wish I could find a way to not have to pay at all, but I just believe, like y'all do, that, you know, the government, you know, if you can get some money from me, I mean, they, I mean, they've got enough from me, and I just don't believe that I should be paying it in a year more money. I got you. So they are still taking money from your paychecks, but you're just not filling out the forms? Right, at the end of the year, yeah, I haven't been able to find a job. I've tried it, you know, last kind of, of course, this job I'm on now, I've been there for a couple of years, but I've tried to get away from filling out those W-2s when you're hired on a job, but, I mean, I've been just forced to by the employer, either that or not, you know, not, can't, can't take the job or whatever. Yeah, that's one of the biggest problems for people. Ricky, thank you for the call tonight. One of the biggest problems for people that don't want to pay taxes anymore is they've got these employers that are so obedient yeah. uh, and so docile, they'll roll right over for the feds and they'll do whatever it is they say, and so it's very difficult to deal with that. Uh, it's much easier to stop when you're not actually 
dealing with some sort of corporate employer anymore, and you actually have somebody maybe either working for yourself or your boss actually agrees with you and is also willing to uh, to stand with you, or at the very least has uh, put you on some kind of um, contractor basis. Let's talk to uh, Tony listening in Texas. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on XM Satellite Radio, uh, America's Talk 158. Hello. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Hey Tony, what's on your mind? Uh, I have a specific question. I wanted to ask about uh, not you know not paying taxes. You know, I did a lot of research on this subject back in the uh, early 90s. I had an IRS form in front of me and reading through it, and it's talking about how we have the greatest voluntary tax system in the world. <laughs> and, I went, and I went, wait a minute, voluntary? You mean I don't have to pay these? So I started researching, and I come to the conclusion that it is voluntary. But you not to pay, you take an opportunity take a, a substantial risk of going to jail for not paying, even though it's voluntary. Sure. Yeah, Why? it's voluntary in the sense that you have to send them the money. It, it's voluntary in the same way that an armed robber will point a gun at you and say, give me your wallet. You have the choice as to whether or not to give him the wallet. He has the choice whether or not to shoot you in your face. I'd say that's a stretch exactly. of the term voluntary. <laughs> exactly. So, well, are you guys self-employed? I mean, that's one question I have. I mean, how do you, I mean, it's like the gentleman that was just on... You know, that's a real issue for, for a lot of, you know, workers in America. You can't just go in and say, you know, I don't want you guys taking taxes out of my check anymore. Right. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's just yeah, work. None of so. us work for, uh, for anybody. No, the three of us on the show tonight, we do not have uh, employers, so to speak. Right. Well, I'm self-employed. My, you know, I own a small company myself, and, you know, there are ways that I don't actually end up paying a lot of tax because of uh, tax exemptions and, uh, you know, costs. You know, losses and profits and things like that. So, but you are still filling uh, out the forms. You're still jumping through the hoops. Yes, yes, I am. How many oh, hours? I fill out the forms too. How many hours a year? I do not, though. How many hours a year do you spend doing these tax things? Um, none. I do my reports monthly. On I give them to my accountant. And I see. So you pay someone. You pay someone. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, so anything else you want to share? Tonight? That I was curious. Yeah, it's one of the things I was just wondering about is. You know, I I had a very in-depth conversation with my wife about not paying taxes in the late 90s. She basically said, listen, <laughs> my fear is a lot higher than yours. So <laughs> we're going to pay taxes as long as you're working for an employer. So, you know, that's what I continue to do. Uh, I'd love to figure out a way to opt out of that completely because I think it's immoral, uh, the way they use the money, uh, where it's going. Sometimes you just have to make the stand, and I understand why people feel like they can't. They've got families. They've got responsibilities. I totally understand that, uh, and I hope that eventually enough people with those families and responsibilities decide that it's so immoral and it's so objectionable that they just can't stomach it anymore, and they're willing to take the risk. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And of course, we talked about the Free State Project as well. deserves another plug. You can go to freestateproject.org. The idea is to get liberty-minded people together in the same place to gather together and be active together to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Because if we could, for instance, uh, Mark, you mentioned nullification earlier, if there could be some sort of political uh, solution to this where the state government could essentially pass some sort of a uh, state law nullifying the federal government's taxes, basically saying, yeah, here in New Hampshire, uh, we are declaring that the federal income tax is voluntary. So go ahead and feel free to stop paying if you if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, that would be really great. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, those of us who are of like mind on this issue, 
issue can get together into the same place. Again, it won't stop them from aggressing, but it may be a deterrent to some extent. I would say that it would be a deterrent. Because sure. we made that prosecutor's life very difficult when we were at the uh, the trial for our friend who Weedaclaws, who mm-hmm. was accused of growing cannabis earlier this week. Uh, Michelle, you unfortunately were also not able to make it out, I don't think. I did not make it. Uh, but I was there for two of the three days, and... That prosecutor did not have an easy time. She was facing activists who were very concerned with what was going on, who had a lot of questions that they wanted to ask her, and she had video cameras in her face, essentially, to as much of an extent as they could be. And she was, it was, she was not let off the hook for what she did. Her phone number was placed online for uh, people. Her office phone number was wow. placed online for people to call and let her know how they felt about her aggressing against this man for you know allegedly growing plants. You start turning that level of heat on an IRS agent and they're going to be really unhappy with their life and then they're going to make us it's going to be they're going to think twice the next time they decide to mess with somebody in New Hampshire for not paying taxes right so I think physical proximity and activists getting together is it also may very well factor. steal their courage to uh, come after more of them too I mean you know that's what I mean it'll be a deterrent no hopefully. it may very well do the other direction though oh steal their courage yes. as in like, like S-T-E-L. another bad word yeah you know um, words that mean two different things <laughs> to firm their resolve yes it may firm their resolve to uh, come after activists Toll-free number 800-259-9231. As we've seen, Mark, the more that they come after us with their aggression, and I'm talking about governments at all levels, the more we can publicize their violence and the more we can attract people here. But if you're going to be scared, then, well, there's a time for you, and hopefully your uh, courage will come around eventually as more people lead the way first. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. Here's Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us, uh, those including, by the way, the Shrine of Female listeners, with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see them. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And get ready. The biggest liberty-oriented event of 2011 is coming up this June 20th through the 26th. So we're about two months away from this event. It's not too late to get registered, though. We're talking about the Porcupine Freedom Festival put on by the Free State Project. We're just talking about the Free State Project, getting like-minded, liberty-oriented people together in the same place to work toward more freedom in our lifetime. It's already started. It's under. It's been underway now for uh, for a f- several years here in New Hampshire. The early mover phase is, uh, is still going. All of us here on the show, we are considered early movers. Mark and I, uh, we've been here over four years. Michelle, you're about to to get to your first year yes i am and has it been good so far 
you know, I had um, some rough spots and I've been open with everyone about those just because I don't want to sell anyone a bag of goods. You know, I mean, it's it's tough and I've moved around a lot. I love New England. I love New Hampshire. I love New Hampshireans. I love my community of liberty minded people. I love it that the snow has is going away mm-hmm. and that I see spring shoots popping up. Oh, yeah. It's going to be and, very I pretty mean, soon. Yes, I'm absolutely thrilled. And there is nowhere else I'd rather be. Honestly, totally honestly. And Porkfest, uh, you were there last year. It's an incredible with event. With my bells on. With hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people, many of whom have already made the move. Others who are considering moving. Others who've made the decision to move but just haven't quite actually made the move yet. These are the types of people that'll be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. They'll be engaging in all kinds of socializing and fun. Everything from family fun activities to adult parties. I mean, it's going to be a blast. And amazing education opportunities, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Panel yeah. discussions, yeah. speakers, uh, learning opportunities as well. And there's just so much to see. Go to porkfest.com to learn more, to get registered. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Pork stands for porcupine. So porkfest.com. And the porcupine is the mascot for the Free State Project. Yes. Um, so Gentle little animal until you mess with it. Right. And you can use our discount code to save 20%. The code is Free Talk Live without any spaces. So just run all those words together as one word. Use the code Free Talk Live. To save 20% on your registration, which is all of 30 bucks. Now, of course, you got to do the camping, uh, whatever that's going to cost you on top of that, but it doesn't cost that much to camp. It's a fun vacation. Yeah, it's a blast. So go to porkfest.com and we'll see you there because Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live throughout the entire event. As we continue with your phone calls, Barry is listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hello, Barry. Hello Hello there. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, the IRS, uh, they might as well get my room ready because <laughs> I refuse to pay them any more money. I, paid, I have paid them since 1965, including their Social Security. Mm. I tried to get disability after 17 cancer procedures and was denied. Wow. And I work two part-time jobs, and still they take out my taxes because my regular Social Security... Of $1,100 is not enough to even feed the cat. <laughs> and, you know, the beast can come get me, get my room ready. Mm-hmm. I just assume him support me as me to stand out in this rain and work tonight. Man. I heard this, you, man. This, this is what everybody pays for. Well, what about the, what about the poor? You know? What about yeah. the sick? What about, yeah, this is, this is what people are so worried about. Well, I'm sick and I'm poor. And yeah, I, I paid in and I can't even get it what I paid in. That's how the system works, man. They just screw people over and they expect us to believe that we're going to be protected by them or that we're going to be taken care of by them. And I don't oh, I, want them to take care of me. I'm not interested I don't, in that. I don't either. I can't tell you the stories I've heard about how much they are going to help me. Yep. Hey, my and grandparents were helped by the government when they, um, in their 90s, when they became sick and tired, they were helped by being euthanized in the state of Oregon. Yeah, so, well, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that could become, become nationwide if everybody doesn't wake up soon. I hope that others I, listen to you and take your suggestion and join the club and stop paying yeah. these criminals because if you don't stand up to the robbers, they just keep robbing over and over again. I mean, at least street robbers have the courtesy to leave you alone, typically. I mean, usually you only encounter I, them once, uh, but the IRS right. just keeps coming back year after year. Well, you know, the crazy thing about the whole mess is everybody tells me, well, you ought to have insurance. Uh, yeah, all right. I don't have insurance. I, I'm not eligible 
for Medicaid because, believe it or not, I draw too much money, 1100 a month. <laughs> right. And I am one year shy of being eligible for Medicare. Jeez. So for two years, I have not been to my cancer surgeon. So if they can get a room ready, uh, and, you know, if they want to, they can go ahead and get the morgue there. So you, you, have, know, you have cancer? Uh, yes, I have had. Get yourself mm-hmm. on a vegetarian diet. Well, I don't eat pork, I tell you that. Get yourself on a vegetarian diet. Cancer needs an acidic host, so that's my advice for you. I am very careful what I eat. There's Thank no you, Barry. I appreciate, I appreciate your call tonight, and I appreciate your uh, your courage not paying the uh, the criminal gang known as the federal government. Now, I talk about uh, you know courage, and I have to admit, I'm scared too. I'm I'm scared of the violence of the people calling themselves the state. However, you'd be I th- foolish not to. I think that we need to take steps. And for me, my step has been to step away from the federal government. One of my steps. I've done, taken steps in other areas of, of risk as well. Uh, but one of my risks has been to step away from paying the federal government. However, I have not yet taken the risk of stepping away from paying the local criminal government, the uh, the city of Keene and the state of New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. They still get uh, money from me for property taxes. And one of these days. I'm going to be fed up enough with them kidnapping my friends. It and makes putting... you mad every time you have to send in that check. I, I have to listen to it. That's right. They Well, they keep kidnapping my friends who don't harm anybody else, like Bob, uh, this right. nice guy in Grafton. I mean, I don't really know him very well. I don't know if I could call him my friend, but he certainly is friendly. And I know people who are, who are my friends who are friends with him, and uh, he seems like a great guy. I don't want people to, who are peaceful to be put in cages, and I don't want to be paying for people who are peaceful mm-hmm. to be put in cages. And at some point, I will decide that I'm not going to pay anymore. I, I would hope that we can have some more property owners here by that time to where some of us could join together and not pay together. I think that would be a far more powerful statement. But eventually, I just might get fed up and just decide, screw it, I'm just not going to pay because I can't take it anymore. But I'm still nice. scared. I, I was thinking the other day um, what it would take to get a piece of land and actually just declare that a sovereign nation. Mark, didn't you say there was a, a piece of land for sale nearby for like seven grand or something like that? There's, a piece, There's a piece of land uh, in uh, a nearby town for 7,600 bucks. Yeah, sure. there you go, Michelle. So you got eight, eight grand. That's what it'll take. Well, but my question is, does anyone know what it would take for me to declare that land to, sovereign with whom i mean plant uh, your flag lakota <laughs> nation uh you know the the indian nation is trying to declare itself sovereign and having a heck of a time and they, they've actually got treaties that say they are with the united states government and still having a heck of a time you would just declare it i mean you would just you know if you feel like going the nation route and creating the land of michelle or whatever seven land or something like that <laughs> you uh you make up your little flag you plan it out front you send out a notice to the newspaper you send a notice to the other uh, criminal aggressors and you let them know mm-hmm. go ahead you can take this off the tax rolls now it's a sovereign nation mm-hmm. you can videotape it we'll put it or video it and uh, we'll put it up on youtube and uh we'll, we'll put it on freekeen.com and would you come visit you know, absolutely yay would you come visit mark i i'd, I'd like to be the ambassador <laughs> Of what? what? <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, you know the ambassador of Seven Land. I'll, Weren't you going to do that with your property, edging the property, edging? I Conia? would like to. Uh, I would like to uh, secede to just just from the town. I just don't want to pay for their school. You know, I'd be. I'll be happy. I'll pay the government for the road they maintain. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you I on would that. have rules though. I would have rules like everyone that would come to Seven Land would have to twirl and hula hoop at least once. <laughs> it's your country membership fee. Yeah. So apparently uh, it's not a free country, but it's your country. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Of course, we invite you to take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. But I, the more people that we can get in New Hampshire, 
the better. Whether you can afford to buy your own property or not, that's another question. But the more property owners we can have, the better as well. The more investors we can have up here investing in property, renting it out to folks that can't afford to buy their own property to give more people the opportunity uh, to come up here. We're starting to see that happen slowly but surely. And uh, you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about what's going on. More coming up here with your chance to call in about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free if you want to help support the show. Do that by becoming an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. You send in three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You can learn more there. You can get signed up with any major credit card via PayPal or Visa uh, Visa MasterCard right on the site. Uh, Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls. We talked to Brandon listening on XM 158, America's Talk. Hello, Brandon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, like the show. I've been listening a couple of weeks here, and it's a, you guys got a nice, nice program. Thank you, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, yeah, yeah, just about the taxes deal. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't personally paid. I've been a private contractor since I was in uh, middle school, and uh been carrying up my W-2 for going on 10 years now. That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's about 15 awesome. or 20 a year, I'll tear up. Have they sent you uh, a threatening notice of any sort? No, no, because I never filled out anything to begin with there. So really, uh, this nothing, is, nothing really has happened with it. This is what a lot of people don't really understand about the tax system, is that for the average person, um, it's, it's unlikely they'll ever go after you. There are millions and millions of Americans mm-hmm. who do not pay taxes, and they don't and, go and after the, them. Exactly. And I, the way I see it is, you know, the people, if you're the IRS, right, you're going to go after the low-hanging fruit. That would yep. be... You know, someone that's paid for 20 years or five years or three years or one year, and then all of a sudden, oh, John Doe here, he hasn't been paying, right? So I don't even know that that matters that much. I I don't even know that matters that much. I did go without paying taxes for a while, never got any kind of uh, notification from them, and it was... it was because I was in prison, but they didn't. They wouldn't know that. I mean, the IRS isn't going <laughs> to yeah, know yeah. that information. So they they never sent. Hey, where your where'd your tax money go? You mean I, they never sent that to your mom's house? Or they whatever? never sent anything. And I think that yeah. really what the issues are is they go after rich people. They go after people yeah. whose uh, tax returns are obviously flawed or weird or in some way you know, odd. Or, yeah, and yeah. they go after famous people. They want to make. Uh, they want to make. They get the famous examples people. Examples of them. Yeah, make examples yeah, of yeah. them. Chop their heads off in the public square and. And uh, do that. Brandon, uh, anything else you want to share about yeah. your experience? 
Uh, no, no, just keep keep on the good fight, guys. I'll be uh, I'll, I won't be banned just like you guys. Thanks, so, dude. Uh, Glad to hear from you tonight. Keep, keep Thanks for your courage. Yet. I appreciate it. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, as we continue here, uh, let's talk to Andrew in New Hampshire. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Uh, g- greetings. I uh, called the end of the show uh, yesterday uh, to talk about uh, the disturbing trend of the inc- uh, the decreasing age at which females. Uh, worldwide, but especially in the United States, are uh, starting uh, puberty, and it's been pretty much deteriorating from uh, from what I've read from the 1840s all the way down. But uh, in the past uh, few years, it's uh, been trending as low as uh, seven years old. Uh, Females starting to show the signs of uh, puberty. Are you thinking that's because re- of the hormones that are found in animal products? Um, my guess would be the, the, would be a combination of hormones, uh, toxins, um, uh, diet, as well as, uh, you know, other unknown causes. Right, um, because one would think that because we're marrying and, and bearing children later and later in life that, and we're living longer, that evolutionarily speaking, then... Um, for evolution to work, people have to die. I mean, yes, they so ha- it has to die. They but- have to die before they breed. What? In, in, order for, in order for natural selection to, to, take, to take place, evolution has stopped for the human animal, okay? That stopped a long right. time ago. In order for it to occur, the, the, um, it would, you would have to, the nature would have to be selecting uh, certain traits. And those, by those traits, people, would, people without those traits would have to not be breeding. They would have to die before they had the opportunity to. I see what you're saying, but evolution is never going to stop. It's always going to continue. We will always be evolving, and we not will evolve na- this, ourselves. Well, I don't know. Okay, you can define evolution okay, any way you want. Natural selection isn't. Point that there that that we are living longer and longer um, lives, then there's really no reason for someone to be bearing children at age 13 Indeed. because we're not dying at 30. It's midlife. You know, midlife is no longer you know 20 years old. I'm 43. I feel perfectly ha- capable and healthy to like have more babies. I'm not going to do that, but I can't imagine like you know 200 years ago I, I'd be dead. So, Andrew, further thoughts? Yeah, the the other issue that um, that I've read uh, from uh, physicians and uh, pediatricians online was that um, the reason it's disturbing uh, for females is, I, I guess you know, not being a female and not knowing how this whole thing works is that the when they once they go into puberty, I believe um, the levels of estrogen increase. And basically the science says that uh, once you have high levels of estrogen in the female body, it makes females more susceptible um, to certain types of cancers uh, later on in life, like uh, uh, cervical and um, breast, cancer, colon cancer. breast cancer as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the reasons that they're uh, disturbed by it. Other, is it not uh, happening? Uh, point of clarification. Is it not happening for males? I mean, if, if it's the I, hormones that, that are supposedly doing this, which is what we've heard in the past, wouldn't that also affect males in their age of puberty as well? Yeah, I don't. Uh, from what I've, from what I've, you know, generally read, you know, and doing brief research was that it doesn't affect m- males in the same way. 
My guess would be that the, because the male body and the female body are different, yep. men have a higher level of testosterone uh, than females do. My guess would be that it would be able to counteract um, the um, hormone level uh, changes that females would most likely be more susceptible to. Um, but not knowing the science behind it, I really wouldn't be able to. I'm so what does one do about it? Yeah, what, what's the suggestion, if any? Organic food. Um, yeah, my, my thought is, you know, stay away from plastics and uh, go with organic food because, well, if you just do that, even if it's not um, affecting, you know, early um, – uh, early puberty in females, which, you know, I'm worried about having a young daughter myself, but, you know, you don't run the risk of putting a whole bunch of uh, chemicals and um, uh, hormones into uh, the body, whereas, you know, if you, you know, well, drink a lot of uh, water out of plastic bottles. Okay, and, but that's, you know, I mean, you're going to get so complicated and everything. There are two things. If you eat a really clean diet and you exercise, because if you keep your body fat low, then like under 20% as a female, then it staves off puberty. That's low. It staves off puberty. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, when I was an athlete, mine was like 15% when I was in high school. It's low. Yeah. So, so, you know, as obesity increases, then you're also going to see um, uh, puberty ages. I think the whole plastic more. bottle thing is kind of paranoid, Andrew. I mean, the idea that, uh, you know, if you drink water from plastic bottles, you're going to hit puberty sooner seems to be a little disconnected. Uh, the one thing I've taken from well, it is... That maybe- no, I wasn't, I wasn't talking about reaching puberty earlier. I was talking about putting um, uh, chemicals such as BPA and other chemicals that they've shown that mimic... Um, hormones, um, which uh, affects the uh, human body. I'd, I'd just appreciate having water available to me in plastic bottles. I think the it's thing nice that concerns me the most about plastic bottles is when you put the plastic bottle in the car and then let it let the water get all hot in there. Like it's that- already gotten hot though in the in the warehouse. Okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever, dude. <laughs> it takes a long time for that stuff to I don't uh, decay. I mean, that's that's the thing that that would creep me out the most. I yeah. mean, it gets you bottles like this. This, you know, neoprene that's, pl- that's bottle. a plastic bottle. But it's it's neoprene bottle, so it's like, yeah, whatever. I, I just, <laughs> you know what? The the whole this, there's this big hate campaign about bottled water out there, and I'm sorry, anything that gets water into human bodies uh, in a more efficient yep. manner, I, I think agree. is a good thing. I'd much rather have water than not have it. I mean, it is a building block of life. So anyway, Andrew, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, as we continue here, we'll uh, talk to, I believe, Anna is with us in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live, Anna. Anna, are you there? Anna going once, Anna going twice. Anna is apparently not there. So uh, 800-259-9231. Any further thoughts on the whole hormone thing? I mean, that's going to cause some other problems, too, with you know younger males. We've seen all the statutory rape uh, situations where a teenage girl will lie about her age. She's not 16. Sure, she's, she'll say she's 16, but she's 14. Or she'll say she's, uh, 16, or she says she's 18, but she's actually 16. And uh, those things can get a lot of guys into some trouble. Well, you know, um, I mentioned the exercise thing. I was a competitive gymnast when I was a kid, and... And had a knee injury. And I went from having like little fried egg boobies, you know, mm-hmm. just those little ones, to like double Ds. And like, yeah, gymnastics seems to like would retard the development to some extent. Isn't yeah. That true? yeah. Yeah. Because our body fat is so low. So once that kicked in, I mean, I was 13 years old with a Jessica Rabbit body, and, and I can't imagine a nine year old girl. It's that. crazy. Yeah. We are out of time for tonight, but we will be back tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me Michael Gibberson. Michael, um, are you there? Now, you are uh, a professor at Texas Tech University, and you wrote an interesting arty- article for Regulation Magazine, the spring issue. Is that right? That's right. And it's on price gouging. Uh, g- give me the rundown of it. Well, the story is about about 30 states have laws against price gouging, uh, and we, we continually see uh, efforts to promote a federal price gouging law. Um, and... and the, the short answers are intended to help people during emergencies. So, in general, a price gouging law triggers during a declared state of emergency and discourages price increasing uh, price increases during emergencies. Um, yeah, they're intended to help out. Just don't. So, uh, yeah, that's the story. I'm from Florida, you know, and uh, every time a hurricane rolls through, um, every Yankee that's uh, moved down in the last decade runs off to the grocery store and uh, just buys as much bottled water as they can possibly get. And as a result, uh, there's no bottled water on the shelves because there are price gouging laws in Florida. What happens is everybody goes and buys, you know, even if they uh, say, you know, no more than 10 bottles or whatever they say. Everybody goes in and buys it up, and there's none left for people who you know might really need the water for whatever reason, or at least there's none. They're a little slower getting to the store. Yeah, at the very least, I don't know what, what whether they need it or not. They can't get it because it's gone. So um, you've got this situation where you know there's an increase in demand. And the supply, rem- the supply remains the same. So therefore, under market conditions, re- prices should increase. However, the government tries to step in and for, sort of for, you know, moral feel-good reasons, they, uh, they say, well, oh, you can't raise the prices when people really need stuff. And, yeah, and, and so shortage results. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely. So is it moral that the government creates shortages with its, um, you know, messing with the prices? Well, right. I, I think that's exactly it on, on the uh, on the ethical question, on the morality question. Um, you know, there there seems to be a, a pretty natural, at least for, for some people, reaction against price increasing price increases during emergencies. Uh, but but really, more harm is done if, if there are shortages, and and the, the laws are promoting shortages. So couldn't the government, you know, I mean, the government's full of very smart people in our uh, higher than our pay grades, you know, couldn't they come up with that perfect number to uh, limit people to buying? You know, obviously, if you leave the prices the same during an emergency, people are going to buy up stuff. You know, some guy, some rich guy will come in and he'll buy all the water. So you have to limit the certain amount of gallons of water he can get. Can't these smart people in the government figure out the ways to limit the amount that they uh, the people buy? Well, you know, there's there's a, temp- a temptation to think that you know that the answer there is yes, but but, it, but it's really hard. You know, it, it, it is hard to get a, to discover a right answer, and and the trouble is the right answer changes from person to person, and there's no way that a merchant can tell, you know, whether you have you know three children or five or none. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, so there's no there's not a practical way. Um, I mean, we can we can imagine ways that might seem more fair to us. Uh, but there's no practical way that that's going to actually, you know, sort of no matter what you think should should happen with with 
these very valuable goods and services during emergencies. That there, there's essentially no no other way that's come up that anyone you know any of these smart people um, have come up with yet to. to to do a better job at, at just getting things to where they need to be. You know, when I was a kid, um, and I grew up in Florida, as I said, there would be hurricane warnings constantly. The fact is, a hurricane has never hit Sarasota, Florida, in recorded history. I'm not saying they're never going to get one. I'm just saying that it never happened. So we would get these warnings. Oh, watch out for David. Watch out for Donna. Watch out for Elena. Watch out for whatever. And... People would rush to the store every time and they'd buy a bunch of water. And I'm just using water as an example. This, this is true with gasoline and hotel rooms and every other thing that people want yep. during emergencies. But people would go and they'd buy up the water. The same state of emergency that Florida was in at that, that time or the area was in is the same state of emergency that people were under in, say, Katrina or Andrew in these uh, terrible instances of mm -hmm. disasters. So not only does it vary from person to person as to whether or not how much they need the water and how much they value the water and how much they're willing to pay for the water, but it also yeah. varies from storm to storm. And, you know, at that point, you're expecting the government to then predict the weather, which the weathermen can't do, let alone the government do. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's really it's just a, a, a near impossibility, not a near impossibility. It is a, just a darn impossibility. Impossible. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and the problem is that these, these laws are triggered by declarations of emergencies, but emergencies get declared for lots of reasons, only some of which are actually periods of danger. Um, Texas is, is an example now because we've been under a, a state of emergency uh, in most of the state for dry conditions uh, and for the fire, potential fire hazard uh, since uh, November or December of last year. Um, and there actually are areas of the state that are, that are currently you know, where fires are being driven driven around by winds and people who are in danger. But for most of the past, uh, going on six months now, the state's been under this declaration of emergency or, or you know, about 250 counties of, of, in the state. Uh, you know, there hasn't been any anyone really in danger. It's just the potential is there. And yet, when you declare an emergency in Texas, the whole state or the, the affected area is... Uh, these pricing, these price gouging laws apply, and so potentially, if you raise your rate as a you know, as a gas station owner or a hotel owner or a convenience store owner, you could be charged with, with price gouging. But these the idea of a merchant raising their prices during disaster is just so icky for for, for a lot of people. They just, it just it just makes them terribly uncomfortable, you know. So maybe um, you know maybe the government being involved isn't quite as efficient, but surely we can come up with some system. Maybe maybe the government can issue uh, I don't know. Will they have bureaucrats that'll certify how, the the level of need for your family ahead of time, of course, and <laughs> they'll have a system of categorization, you know. So there'll be a level one emergencies up to level. Uh, uh, seven and a half, and um, uh, you, you know, then then the, uh, the you know is um, uh, your rating as a family. You can use that when you go, and and it'll it'll change for things like sometimes in water you'll have a higher rating, but gasoline you might have a lower rating, or hotel rooms you might have a mid mid level rating. So we can have I don't know a bureaucracy that can uh, you know come up rather than using the marketplace, which could probably efficiently do this, but it looks so yucky. <laughs> We could just have a bureaucracy, a big, well-paid bureaucracy of people that, uh, you know, make a living wage. Right. Um, and it won't, you know, it, it, you know, it won't help. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> the, market, the markets after emergencies are doing what markets do before emergencies. That is, 
people, you know, and, and, and yes, after emergencies, it's, it's hard to know what the right thing to do is. It's hard to, you know, sort of the old ways of doing things aren't working anymore. You know, supply lines have been disrupted. Maybe if you're a gasoline retailer, maybe your, you know, maybe your usual pipeline, you know, it's been affected by the, you know, by, by the emergency, and so you can't get your supply there. You've got to go find another source of supply. And, you know, it, it's not easy. I mean, you know, you and everyone else are out there looking for something new. Where are you going to find it? I mean, this is what was happening in the story that I that I start the article off with, you know, talking about Knoxville uh, after a hurricane uh, Gustav and Hurricane Ike hit uh, in the September of uh, 2008. Um, you, had, you had convenience stores and, and gasoline retailers in Knoxville, Tennessee, that the local supply terminals would run dry, and, and, and gasoline stores, gasoline retailers were running out of fuel. Some of them had to close their close their pumps. You know, and mostly don't usually make a lot of money off their gasoline anyway. They're, they're, yeah. they're making a penny or two, maybe dimes, um, the tops. <laughs> and, and mostly, you know, mostly it's what they sell to, to people who come into the stores. Um, it's where they make their, their real profit. So, yep. so the gasoline is just to give you a reason to stop. Yep. Well, so so they're you know they're basically you know very low margin uh, on gasoline anyway, and now they're shopping around and trying to find a new source of supply at the last minute to to, to replenish their their stock, and you know, ended up because the local pipeline supply terminals are, are, are empty. Ended up trucking in gasoline from you know further away. Trucking is a very expensive way to deliver you know more than a few miles uh, to deliver gasoline at, at the wholesale level. So so it just really drove up expenses. So and, and prices went up a lot in in Knoxville. You know, for a few days right when Hurricane Ike hit, Knoxville temporarily had the pleasure of being the highest priced gasoline in the country on average. Um, where it usually is a well below average uh, for the for the nation, so so a lot of people complained, um, you know, and, and so the state attorney general got involved and charged a bunch of retailers with with uh, price gouging, and you know, from, from what I can tell, reading stories in the newspapers, trying to trying to gather up information, reading the the uh, complaints filed by the attorney general's office, uh, you know, these guys were just. So just doing, trying to do the best they could to get supplies, and it, and it just costs them more. And even though the law in Tennessee allows them to pass along their higher costs, you know, I guess they just couldn't convince the attorney general that 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 their costs were really legitimately up. So, you know, so so they have a difference of opinion about what kind of costs get counted, and so they end up paying thousands of dollars in penalties to the state because, you know, basically because because yeah, consumers are saying yeah. Is the yeah, attorney general? Is, I'm sorry. Is the attorney general in Tennessee an elected position? I believe it is. I, That's that says it all to me. Well, yeah, and well, and even in states where attorney general is not an elected position, it's often a stepping stone to, to for run for governor or run sure. for uh, that makes sense. Senate. Yeah, and yeah, yeah it, it, it. There have been uh, attorneys general uh, prominent in price gouging. Who have later run for governor? I, you know, I, I, I've seen a few names. You know, sort of reading through the literature on price gouging, reading through old uh, state complaints, attorney generals that uh, you know a few years later they're, they're governors, they're candidates for governors. In hmm. one case, actually, a, a uh, someone affiliated with the pilot, uh, the pilot travel stations, which happens to be headquartered in in uh, Knoxville, and and some pilot stations were charged with. Uh, price gouging after Hurricane Ike, there was a member of the family that owned or, or, or 
was historically associated with Pilate that was thinking about running for governor of Tennessee, and they got complaints from people saying, "Well, it's your, it's your, you know, but you were price gouging. We, we couldn't possibly, you know, vote for someone like you." <laughs> uh, you know, and again, it just to me, it looks like these guys, you know, they, these retailers, they were just trying to resupply their customers because they wanted to have gas so they could get people to stop at their stores, you know, and, and, and buy the buy the soda and. By the chips, you know it's yeah. it's it's really sad that just the lack of uh, of education around economics in this country, and it you know it 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 seems to stem just from a long history. Even Christianity has this history of being sort of against usury and against the idea of making money. I guess, um, and you know the the idea that sacrifice needs to be made, and and. I've got no problem with people making investments in the future and, and some of those investments being, you know, creating goodwill among their uh, their peers. I have no problem with that. But just the idea that uh, you cannot do you cannot make money by doing something good. It must if you're making money, you must be doing something bad. If you're in order to do something good, you must be losing money. You know, it, it's easy to it's easy to see the world in sort of a, a zero sum uh, situation where if you're winning, it's because I'm losing. And, but, but markets are generally not like that. I'm not, you know, that's not the relationship between merchants and customers. Uh, you know, generally, they're, they're picking prices for their products where, where they feel like they're better off and, and consumers come in and buy if at the prices they see the consumers think they're going to be better off. And, and it's generally a cooperative relationship that makes them both better off. Um, and, and, even, yeah, and, and even during emergencies, that fundamentally, that's, that's still the case. And, you know, the, now, admittedly, there may be merchants out there that, that yeah, have no particular respect for their consumers, for their customers, that are just trying to make as much money as possible, um, and, and and so we'll take every opportunity to raise prices as high as possible. And you know, and during normal economic times, consumers will look at prices and go someplace else. And maybe during emergencies, consumers were you know they're really more concerned about other things, more concerned about protecting their house, you know, getting what food they can for their family. Maybe they'll just take a high price because they don't want to shop around, you know, when they've got other things on their mind. But, you know, and maybe that, you know, so maybe maybe that's ethically bad, and and we ought to, as a society, discourage that. The problem is when you when you have laws, you know, the laws don't do a very good job of discriminating based on on, on intent of the merchant. It's it's really hard, you know, to to, to discriminate between merchants that were really trying to, to work hard and, you know, put the right price on products so that, that so they can resupply during emergencies, resupply when they're having a tough time finding supplies, and, and the merchants are just raising prices to, 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 to extract what they can uh, from customers. But, you know, it, 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 and it, but it almost doesn't matter from the point of view of actually helping customers whether the, whether the retailer is working hard or just trying to extract out as much as possible, the higher price is going to do a good thing for the, for the community. Uh, it's going to encourage consumers to, to be very careful with those things that, are, that, have, you know, that now have extremely high prices, more careful than they were going to be otherwise. And it's also going to encourage competitors, if not this merchant, a high price will encourage competitors to that merchant to go to that extra mile to bring in more supplies and, and to, and to uh, you know, be ready to take those customers you know, next time they, 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 they're looking for some, you know, for whatever they're stopping for. Yeah, you know, I, I have a difficult time really imagining this evil merchant that uh, looks only to exploit their customers. Certainly, uh, it, you know, to some extent, uh, humans will 
raise prices when they can and that kind of thing. I but right. you know if this person was evil then you'd think that somebody would have figured that out. You know, the humans are pretty good at... Uh, at, 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 at right, at detecting, yes, at, the, the desires and intents of people they deal with. Yeah, they, they really are good at that. Um, and, you know, you'd think that they would have figured out that at some point before the um, the, the, the catastrophe, and maybe only 10% of their, uh, the, their customers would have figured that out. But if you have a 10% drop in customers, you shut your doors. I mean, that's... Right. That's how it goes. It is. It's sort of frustrating. You know, the, 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 another thing that comes out of you know the, the legal cases on price gouging was a story of a, of a hardware store in upstate New York back during the ice storms in 1998. Uh, you know, a huge ice storm. It's shutting down. It it, it uh, put the you know, it. it uh, Blacked out electricity in, in, both in, in, in eastern Canada and uh, the northeastern U.S. And so, so a lot of people were looking for electric generators, portable electric generators that they could, uh, you know, uh, they ran on diesel or, or other fuel. Um, and so there's a small electric uh, or the small hardware store. It only had one in stock. But on a Saturday, it sort of called around. It found about two miles away in, in Vermont. There was a, a store that had several uh, generators, so, it, so the, the hardware store in New York took orders from its customers, who prepaid, and then, you know, made this 60-mile trip. And, and you know, yeah, ice storm had stopped, but but it wasn't exactly an easy drive. Yeah, they secure all the all the uh, generators they have they have orders for them, and they can buy a few more, so they buy a few extra because they figure they'll, they'll be able to sell them too. And the next day they, they've Bring them, to, you know, sell them to the customers, or deliver to the customers that have prepaid. They, they charge a little higher price on uh, the extra, the ones that weren't prepaid, but that they had available to sell. And so, because they charged a higher price for these units that they didn't have pre-sold, uh, the state concluded after the fact that this was price gouging and penalized the, uh, the store. And so there's a, you know, it's another case of where a, a store goes to extra, extraordinary efforts to serve its customers, and the state, after the fact, is concluding, oh, no, the, the price went too high. And you're you know, wrong. The, the other aspect of this is is how um, is how much it disempowers the uh, the the consumer. It the way what it says is the consumer is just too stupid to figure out what a good price for a generator is. The fact is, when you need a generator, you need a generator. There's no, um, you know, why? Why in the world um, should you know? Shouldn't a store that char- that has a sale on generators be charged for price gouging when they raise the prices back up? You know, if I miss the spring closeout on generators or whatever, and I come the next week, I mean, haven't I been ripped off? I, you know, it's it's just it's it's absolutely it's insanity. Well, it's it's right. The, the, the real problem is thinking that yes, that. You, you can figure out, you can figure out better after the fact of what consumers and merchants should have done, you know, during during the emergency. You know, when when the situation was difficult, when they're under a lot of stress, they had a lot of things to take care of. Um, you know, yes, it, it, it seems like it would be nice if they could get all those goods and services that they want at at the old prices. But but you know, the fact is, the situation has changed. Yeah. Goods are not now in much more demand than they were before, and you know the old supplies are are, are not going to be sufficient at at the old prices. We've got to have higher prices to motivate uh, you know, sort of the right economic response. 
Now, and so markets do a pretty good job, both, you know, of course, in non-emergencies, but even during emergencies, they're still doing the same the same kind of job. It's just, but there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made, and it takes the market a little while to, to adjust. Yeah, there may still be a role for for you know, a government emergency response or for charitable emergency response, um, but you know, the, my problem with price gouging laws is that they're discouraging the market from doing what the market normally does well, which is does a pretty good job of getting goods and services to where they're needed. And because price gouging laws dis- discourage this, that means there's more work for the for for the charities and more work for the for the government you know, emergency response agencies. Um, you know, if you just let prices do what they do, then then you can see where the real needs are. That that you know where the market's not taking care of things, and, and let government do what government's going to do, or let let charities take care of what the charity's going to take care of. And but you know, don't don't push a lot of more, don't make a lot more work for the for the charities and for the for the government emergency response folks, uh, by 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 destroying or impeding the ability of the markets to just naturally get goods for where they're needed. So, Michael, um, thanks for the interview here. And tell people where they can uh, read the article, and um, if you have any kind of blog po- uh, blog uh, page or anything like that, how they can hear more more from you. Okay, uh, the article's in Regulation Magazine. It was published uh, in their Spring 2011 uh, issue. Uh, you can find it on the newsstand, I suppose. If you're, I, I'm not sure where it shows up on the newsstand, but it's also online, available um, at the Cato Institute website. Um, so you can Google that. Uh, I also do blog on economic issues, in, including price gouging, um, at knowledgeproblem.com. Um, and, and so there are a lot of, uh, all the, you know, a lot of energy economics, a lot of uh, economics, and a lot of whatever else I'm thinking about, um, along with uh, my, my uh, co-blogger there. You wouldn't um, believe uh, how many of my listeners uh, are very deeply concerned about economics. So. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a lots of bite-sized pieces of, of thinking. Very good. Michael Gibbardson, Texas Tech University, thank you very much. Thank you. I can't tell you how many times people have recommended to Ian and I that we start an online liberty business directory so the people will know with whom they're doing business and how they can do business with people who are in the liberty community. Well, the market for liberty.com is a liberty movement business directory. It intends to be a complete list of all products and services provided by members of the liberty movement or products that directly benefit the Liberty community. This is a voluntary project. There'll be no charges for buyers or sellers using this site. It's being compiled right now, and they need your help. If you know of any products or services provided by members of the Liberty Movement, send an email to contact at themarketforliberty.com. Again, it's contact at themarketforliberty.com. This is a way to build the Liberty Movement right online. Contact at themarketforliberty.com.